The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. All of us at Podcast One want to say thank you for listening to this show. We would also like to ask a small favor of you. It'll take less than 10 minutes, and if you're one of the first few people to fill out the survey, we'll give you something for your time. We would like you to complete a short survey for us to help make things better around here. Just go to listeningsurvey.com, and everything will be right there for you. That's listeningsurvey.com. The first 125 people to go and complete this survey will get a $10 gift certificate to restaurant.com, and there is a chance to win an additional $100 Amazon gift card. Filling out the survey will really help us out. Go to listeningsurvey.com, and thanks for listening. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right, and it's NFL Week 2 edition with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my left, the VIG, Matty Holt, longtime bookmaker, now on the compliance side. Well, integrity, integrity, integrity. side. Sharp as they come. To my right, Steve Fezzik, the only two-time Super Contest champion. I'm R.J. Bell. Speaking of the Super Contest, oh, they're, they're clapping. Four and one, baby, in the gold. Four and one in the gold. I don't want to blame anyone for the Lions, but I'm pointing at the big right now. No, I liked them too. I, I was our one loser. Three and two on the classic. And for those that listened last week, you know, we start the show with our three best bets that are debated that we can veto. Fezzik first, Maddie second, I'm third. And at any time, if Fezzik says, I like this team, Maddie can veto him. I can veto him. If not, that's the pick that goes one of them on both of the contest entries. Maddie, same thing. Me, same thing. If there's a veto, they got to go with their second choice. And then at that point, we got the main three for both. And then we'll go with other picks based on late breaking news for pick four and five. Three out of five and one, four out of five and the other. Good way to start. I was hoping for the 5-0, and oh, Maddie. Yeah, me too, especially since my, I had another undefeated entry as well, a horse with no name. That's my entry name on it. And uh, you, did, you had a push on that one, though, right? I Before pushed, the loss. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the Lions was a bummer. I mean, what a game. I don't think anyone saw that game coming. No, and, and I think it really speaks to the handicap that we're going to do today on the Jets game because obviously Darnold played well, um, but to me, all the turnovers, and then you hear about the defensive guys uh, had some clue of what was happening. Yeah, it's great for that game, but in a way, you got to not wait it as much if there was external factors that made it easier on the Jets. We'll get to that, and we're going to do the same thing, guys, this show. Pick one, pick two, pick three, and then at the end of the show, at the end of the show, we're going to have three more best bets Fez always gives a prop best bet. Maddie always gives a total best bet. And I'll give a float or maybe it's a teaser. Who knows? But I'll give you another one at the end. And in between this week, especially, we're just going to go in rotation order pretty much. By the way, guys, last thing before we get started. We were watching that new FS1 show and they were 
doing bets amongst themselves, but they were, I mean, like monopoly money, I guess. And that's fun, right? It's a way to keep score. But let's be honest. If you want to listen to someone batting, you want to hear them batting. So we got a new feature here and you're going to love this. Anytime any of us likes something, Maddie says, I like the bears or team X, team Y. Right now we have a green buzzer in the middle of the table. And when we go video, you're going to be able to see the buzzer. Whoever wants to and whoever reaches for the buzzer and grabs it first brings the buzzer to the mic. And then when the guy's done, this is the sound you're going to hear. And that sound means that the person with the buzzer is fading that like, and it's an automatic $200 bet. Automatic. There's no debate. There's no debate about lines. We know the line because we're talking about the game. We know the number. No VIG, Maddie. He was he was hoping <laughs> to get some legacy VIG. You would have loved like even minus yeah. 102, right? Sure would have taken it. Yeah. <laughs> None of that. Now, if it's a best bet and someone wants to disagree with it, automatic $500. And every week, this is not all tallied up at the end of the year fantasy stuff. Once we go I came vi- in paying Fez today. Yeah. Once we go video, we're gonna, you're going to be seeing the, 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 the Benji's exchanged. Now, we also got talking. <laughs> we started taping late. We said, let's just put a thousand on who does best on these initial best bets. So, winner take all. If it ties, we'll figure it out after. Right? And so let's assume I go 13 and three uh, or 13 and four, we'll say. And Fez doesn't do as well. Matt, they each are going to give me the dime, the thousand. So that's going to be an ongoing bet. One and all of us are one and no, obviously. So it's easy. And when you hear that, and remember, guys, at any time, if Fez says, I think so and so is the worst quarterback in the league. <laughs> Matt can grab it. And then, now we're going to assume the 200 is the baseline bet. That way we don't have to go back and forth. Yeah. Then at that point, the third person gets a set of line. And both parties can bet it or not. If they don't want to bet it at that point, they can say, oh, you know, actually at that line, I'm not going to play. You know, they can back off. So, but even like any statement like, hey, best Chinese food in Vegas is. <laughs> now, the question is, how do you measure that kind of stuff? But it's all real cash. We thought that is only appropriate. Showtime! Woo! All right, Fez. We're the only show that does it. Give us two-time Super Contest champion, Steve Fezzik. Give us your very best bet of the week. Indianapolis Colts plus six at Washington. I faded the Colts last week. I went with the Bengals against the Colts. Now I'm zigging instead of zagging, RJ. I think what happened is that the Colts played a very competitive close game against the Bengals. Could have gone either way. Colts down four driving. Bengals get a long defensive touchdown. And I think there's been an overreaction to the final score. The fact the Colts lost at home by 11. Contrast that with Washington. Yes, they played very well at Arizona, and I did upgrade them. But now they're a little fat, a little happy at 1-0, coming home where they don't have a big home field advantage. Solid value with the Colts, plus six. And a week ago, you could have bet on this game. On the look-ahead lines, the line on this game was three. Now it's been corrected all the way to six. Kind of a wise guy secret here. Whenever I see a huge adjustment based upon one week of data, I always look to fade and over-adjustment. I'm going to take the Colts, plus six. Okay, I love, and this is going to be a reoccurring theme 
is what was the line a week ago? What has really changed in the last week? And how much has the line changed? Because oftentimes, and I've heard some radio shows call it overreaction Monday. Now, let's ask ourselves what changed in this game. And then we'll get Maddie's thoughts. Colts, I love Cincy last week too. We won. And when you win, it's always like, yeah, we were right about that one. But oftentimes you win games that are coin flips and you got to be honest. What did we learn? Because I thought there was a real chance, Fez, that Andrew Luck wasn't throw. I know he wasn't throwing downfield during the preseason. How did his downfield throwing look to you? It looked better than in the preseason. It looked like he went ahead and winged it out a little bit more. And let's face it, the Colts had a double-digit lead in the second half in this game. And frankly, their defense let them down in this game, not Andrew Luck. And ultimately, Andrew Luck was leading them to what would have been a close victory. And his player fumbled with 30 seconds left. You can't put this on Luck. Let's look at the other side. What happened with Washington last week. I think that Arizona, with their new head coach, Wilkes, was just not ready to go, and Arizona just dominated that game at the line of scrimmage on offense and defense. All right, so now does that make you feel like the Redskins are a lot like better than you expect? What did you do to the Redskins in your power ranking? I upgraded them a point and a half, but I still have them as a below-average team, and frankly, I've got to... Well, I, let's, this is all relative here, right? So up a point and a half, and what did you do with the Colts, even though they lost? I dropped the Colts half a point. Really? So if you're saying they pretty much should have won the game, and they, well, three-point favorites, I see. Okay. So you're saying the differential to you that was discovered last week was two points, and the lines moved three. And, yes, and the spot is really good for the Colts. They're the 0-1 right, so desperate just, team. So just pure power ratings, we've got a point of edge, you think, on the Colts. And what else? Tell me about the spot. And I think we got about a point of an edge in terms of an extra motivation. No NFL team wants to go 0-2. You've heard that so many times. Oh, 0-2 teams are really up against it in terms of how many of them make the playoffs. So I always look to back an 0-1 straight-up team playing against a 1-0 straight-up team. You don't do that blind, but that's where you're defaulting, leaning right off the go. Right. And so in theory... We think this line should be four, three and a half. What do you think the line should be? Four is a good number. And we're taking six. That's That leads it to be your best bet. Yes. Maddie, what do you think? I was I was heavily on the same side as Fez here, and the one thing that got me worried. This so, one week, of your two or three best bets of the week? It, it was, and I'm a little bit off it now, only because I think that the hurricane could play some effects on this game, and, and if the hurricane comes into effect, and they say it's moving south now, but you know these meteorologists can't even predict these hurricanes very well when they're actually going to land, if they land, if they you know disseminate out at the water or whatever. Um, but if this one does play you know, a little bit of havoc on this game and we get some extra wind and we get some extra rain and it turns into more of a ground and pound game. I like Washington more than I do Indy in the ground and pound situation. So I'm a little less high on this game than I used to be, but certainly still favor the Indianapolis side. Was a concern of mine as well. The hurricane is lit. The latest projection is for it to stay south of this game and for it not to have any kind of significant impact. Taping on Wednesday. Obviously that's not certain, but Fez has considered it. I... To me, it's all driven by Luck's health because I made this point all preseason. Andrew Luck healthy is one of the five or six best quarterbacks in the league. We can debate where he is on that list. I think he's 
been get, because he was so pedigreed, usually that causes a backlash. Best quarterback since Elway, right, coming out of the draft. You heard that. And he lived under, up to it his first few years. Yeah, but yeah, maybe. But boy, it's been a couple years. And again, even beyond the two years of injury, he didn't have a great year before that. So it's been how long since Andrew Luck is lived up to that hype? Three years at minimum, right? That said, if he is that good, and I think he is when he's healthy, I've never seen, and Fez, we talked about this in the regular season, what was the Colts over under win total? Seven. Have you ever seen a team win less than seven games that had a top seven quarterback? Never. I mean, Drew Brees has had some... Seven and nine seasons, right? Couple seven and nines, and that was a historically bad defense they had for the Saints when they had those years. So, Maddie, think about that. Top seven quarterback winning less than seven games. Can you think of one in the last five or six years when when quarterback has been so important? Uh, only if you slid Philip Rivers or Matthew Stafford into no, the very you. back end of those ratings. <laughs> no, I mean, thank look, you. Matthew Stafford did throw for 4,000 yards, yeah, seven straight the seasons. Stats. So, I mean, look, if you said Matthew Stafford was the eighth best quarterback in the NFL for four years ago, would anyone argue? I mean, I think there's an opportunity you could slide Stafford or Philip Rivers in a couple of different seasons into the back end of your ratings. But overall, I agree with you. But is anyone going to say Andrew Luck healthy is not clearly better than Philip Rivers or clearly better than Stafford? Of course. We agree with that. Yeah, of course. Okay. So maybe the seven's not the right number, but as good as Andrew Luck, maybe that's a better way to say it. A quarterback, as good as Andrew Luck healthy, when do they ever lose more than seven games? Doesn't In the modern era. Might happen this year with the Seattle Seahawks. Well, I don't think so. I actually, and we'll talk about it because, again, it would be bucking a ton of history. So to me, in fact, there was a ton of cold, sharp money, right? As as Lux Health seemed to get more, uh, there was more optimism about it. Yes. Yeah, so on the season win, it actually opened six, went all the way up to seven and a half. Huge move. And then there was take back. It wound up closing seven with some of those concerns. Hey, He's playing in preseason, but I'm not seeing him going downfield. And what was the Redskins over-under? It's been a solid seven. So think about this. Both these teams yeah, that's where I was going. were, based upon a whole lot of data, were evaluated as being equal teams based upon a summer's worth of data. Now one game, and they're moving this line three points. Yeah. I And a coin flip game for the call. It'd be one thing if they looked horrible. I agree. So first bat. We got full agreement. Colts plus six at the Super Contest. Gold and classic. Maddie Holt. I go last. We could say that's because I'm the most confident. Or we could say it's because I went to two really sharp guys to have their a clear playing field. Maddie I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks plus three and a half oh. against the Chicago Bears on Monday night here. Uh, this is one of those situations where everybody watched that game Sunday night and sometimes your eyes can mislead you a little bit. The Bears got out to that 20 nothing lead, but their offense really didn't play well. This is something I challenged you on last week when you liked the Bears on this spot. I said, my one concern with this Chicago Bears team is this offense and that offense wasn't all that impressive again in that game. They 
scored three points in the entire second half. One of the touchdowns in the first half was off a pick six. Um, I just didn't see them be able to effectively matriculate the football down the field, and I thought (laughs) a little bit too much. Their offense was predicated on all these quick screen passes and getting the ball out quickly and the receiver's ability to break these bubble screens. I really didn't see uh, an effective or efficient down-the-field passing game at all from Mitchell Trubisky, And and a lot of people on Twitter sent me some tweets and some screenshots of the game, including that third down where it ended up a minus five, where he had a wide open guy in the end zone. And someone I know at one of the major NFL analytical sites that may have initials PFF happened to tell me that, uh, you know, he wasn't able to go through his progressions, that basically if his first read isn't there, he's not able to effectively get through his progressions. Because remember, this is a second year quarterback with a new coach. So you're changing the whole system. Now, Fez, it's always better. You know, Maddie's pretty, you know, in wrestling, they call it selling. Now, one of the things, <laughs> one of the things I pride pregame.com on, I used to grow up watching uh, Proline and, you know, Jim Feist sure. and Mike Warren. And it always confused me. The professor, the professor Ed Horowitz would say something. The other guy would be, that I've never thought of that. That is brilliant, Freddie, or whatever. And they all were backslapping. They never disagreed. You never, there was never going to be this sound. Okay. Here, it's honest. We disagree all the time. To the point there's like hashtag Team Fez, that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. on Twitter, right? Is, I, Maddie doesn't sell though. Like when you do something amazing, Fez, like, Hey, Fez is the two-time Super Contest champion, and the Maddie will go. Uh, you know, uh, the the first year he won it, uh, I was in second. Second like, year he won it. Oh, okay, but that's cool. But you think you'd celebrate his victory first, or with with RJ? You don't hear Maddie sell. Now we're gonna try to get him to sell a little bit here, right? Because it's it's justified. Now I could talk about my handicap on the Bears. But it'd be better if you do it, Fez. Yes. Go. So just take sum- as long as you need to summarize. <laughs> The Bears weren't playing Trubisky games four and five. They played in the Hall of Fame game in preseason. And RJ, you came out. Which in game four in that case, but really game, let's call that week zero. In week three, dress rehearsal week typically. Yes. And no, no dress rehearsal. They just put out Chase Daniels and he looked great. And there was no, there wasn't a Mitch Trubisky signing. And you. And we were on straight out of Vegas right after screaming how dumb that was. Yes. But I'm a worker. I kept grinding, grinding, grinding and. And you got the information that basically the Bears were very comfortable with a whole lot of new wrinkles that they were going to put in the offense, and they were not going to show their opponent, the Packers, during preseason. They were going to come out and shock. Vanilla in the preseason. We've got five or six play. And then this is what I said. I said at one point the announcers are going to say, I can't, I don't understand. It looks like the Bears are doing things the Packers don't get. What happened, fast? That's exactly what happened. They had innovative play calling, and Mitch Trubisky did not have to go through his progressions because his first guy was more often than not wide open on that very first drive and throughout the first quarter when they had 15 of the most beautiful scripted plays you ever see, wide open receivers when they just thumped the Packers defense that was completely caught unaware. And who better to talk to than the founder for pregame.com? Okay, so <laughs> thank you, Fez. Here's the flip side. Now that's a disadvantage for the Bears because they look better for a reason that's not repeatable. 
In theory, they might be still hiding some stuff, but boy, if they did, they maybe should have used it in the fourth. <laughs> so I don't think they are. And because of that, I think the Bears look look better than they really were. And are they up or down right now? Because on one hand, it's almost like, well, they almost won. These are professional athletes. Or do you think, let's just say this. If the Bears had won by one point instead of lost by one, emotionally, how much better would the Bears be in this game? I think significantly. I agree. I think there's certain situations, and it doesn't happen every game, but when it's against your biggest arch rival on the road in their place and you're winning 20 to nothing and they have a historic comeback to that magnitude, there's such a thing as deflating losses in sports, and we've seen the ill effects it can have in the immediate short-term future after several times. If it was a team that won one one in years past, win game one, you might say they're a little potential will be flat in game two. I don't think the Bears would have been flat. They'd be like, look at the momentum. Look how good Mac is. To me, this is a big question. I think this line's probably borderline right. I think the Bears are slightly better if the Bears are 100% and focused. I'm not even sure, but I think there's a good 50% chance the Bears come out flat, flat, flat. And if so, I think this is a 60% tight bet in that narrow, or not narrow, but one-third of a chance. What's your take, Fest? Could well happen. I'm going to agree with you. I think it was a gut punch, the end game. And here's why. They didn't just lose the game by one point. They dropped an interception that would have sealed the game late. And then Rodgers brings it down the field, puts the Packers in the end zone. But the Bears get the ball back. And they've got a chance to win the game themselves. They get stopped on four downs. Clay Matthews roughs the passer. The Packers give the game to the Bears and the Bears offense gets a second chance. How often do we see that when you get four downs in the NFL against a tired defense, plenty of time, and you go four and out twice? That's a sign that this offense was nothing like those scripted plays that you predicted were coming in the first quarter. Seattle, I'm actually higher on that. If there was a win total out right now, that their season win total went down a good bit, Faz, right? Where did, where did it land? Closed uh, seven and a quarter, anywhere from seven to seven and a half. If I could go over the adjusted one off being 0-1, I would right now. Matty, are you, is this more about fading the Bears, or additionally, you are a little higher on Seattle? It's both to me here. First of all, I think the Bears offense, again, they, they looked well when they was scripted, but the whole entire second half, not just the last drive, that entire second half, the offense really didn't move the football well. And, and I commended Trubisky on one drive for actually being able to put a drive together when obviously the momentum was the other side. And and I got tons of people on Twitter showing me screen, screenshots how this guy can't go through his progressions. And then on the other th- side, I thought Seattle played well. Considering Doug Baldwin was banged up, he's going to be out again here. Uh, I thought Russell Wilson played really well. They had a chance to win that football game against the Denver Broncos. I was on Denver last week, uh, and they had a lead in the fourth quarter of that game. Seattle did. I I think that sometimes we forget a little bit how good this team, uh, you know, how good Russell Wilson really is here when we talk about what the advantage is to having a top 10 quarterback. Uh, And and this feels like a spot again with an 0-1 Seattle team with Russell Wilson. I'd much rather him have him catching more than a field goal because I just have too many questions about the Bears' ability to score points. I and and listen, I took third by choice, and I wanted these guys to have clear sailing. My pick would have been Seattle. So not only it's it's kind of funny, you guys would have agreed on the first one, and we're agreeing, Maddie, strongly on the second one. Third one's a little tougher, I think. 
That said, Fez, you actually like the total here quickly. Yeah, I like the over. I We talked about how good Russell Wilson is and the fact that the Bears – frankly, couldn't stop Aaron Rodgers on one leg on any of his possessions is a red flag. Seattle get their points, and I do think the Seattle D is going to be way down from prior years. They hung in there against Denver, but Denver put almost 500 yards on them. So I think that um, they're, in today's NFL, when you see a 43.5 for a total, that's a low total. I'll look over. So this is a like? Yes. Hmm, anyone going for that button? No one going for the button. All right, next game. And this is my best bet. And let me say, and obviously I got the $1,000 bet, so it is what it is. I don't like this. near. I loved all three of ours last week, and it's easy to say now, but I really did. I love your first two. This one is a clear step down, but it's pure contrarian. And guys, remember, if there's no other choice, go contrarian. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals plus 12 and a half. That's a super contest line over the Rams. Here's my thinking. One, another reoccurring theme or same one. What was the line last week? And even what was the line before, you know, let's say a month ago, because Cantor put out all the lines a month ago. Mackie in the control room looking, looking like the man. Oh, wait, hold on. (laughs) We got to do it now. We promised yesterday Long time, it was the mysterious Mr. Mackey because he just couldn't figure the guy out. Always shaved, always hair, not a hair out of it. I remember the old growing pains. Alan Thicke was the dad. Did you watch FS? Love that show. Remember Alan Thicke's hair never looked a different length? It was almost like he got it cut every day. Mackey's hair never looks at You've been seeing him for what? Four or five months, right, Maddie? I've never seen it look any different. No, it's this, it's never a hair out of place. Never, you know, Maddie usually is clean shaven. Today he's, you know, got a little two day growth going, three day. And never, I don't know about the weekend. It'd be funny if Mackey was like drinking, <laughs> you know, like natural light, like a case of natural light on the weekend, burping Doritos. But we've never seen it. But here's this. Here's where he's the mayor, the mayor, Mayor Mackey. We are getting our lights and everything put in for the studio, right, guys? This is going to be great. By the way, we're going to be streaming the pod live. You can get Faz's stuff first. You can see the green button, and there was like literally these Teamster types that were going to do the lights. Guy I really trust had his crew, but these were some surly fellows. We're sitting there kind of standing, getting ready to help him, you know, hold the door and such. Mackie walks over real briskly in his khakis and button up <laughs> shirt and says, hello, Mackie. Like, glad to meet you. Almost like an animal house, like Rush Chairman. Damn glad to meet you. <laughs> Looking him in the eye. Like, I'm guessing he read a book once where, the, you know, like shake your hand, but put your thumb over top and take a little bit of control, but don't. Don't be too dominant. Like almost let him know you've got control, but don't use it. Like he's got some crazy third level thing going on, shaking hands, looking him in the eye. And it just hit me. I look at him. He's the mayor. You know how the mayor, wherever they are, shaking hands for votes, shaking hands, kissing babies. And he, yes. And, he, and here's the funny part. I said, Mackie, you're now the mayor. His eyes lit up. Like it was Christmas. It was like it was like his. It was on brand for Mackie. So occasionally we'll bring up he's mysterious, but now it's the mayor, Mackie. 
<laughs> and he's laughing. He's laughing like crazy now. Okay, Mackie did some research. Got or at least got the cancer lines for us from a month ago. The line in this game, Fez, was Rams favored by eight and a half. Now. All the players they signed, we knew about them, right? There wasn't any late signings, right? Peters, uh, Sue. I mean, that was all before this. Just Darnold coming in. Just Donald actually Donald. officially signing late. Yeah, but what was the odds? That, I mean, Likely. other than Le'Veon Bell, no, when no, I, I mean, there's no holdouts anymore, right, right. on D-line. I mean, but okay, a little bit there. Line was eight and a half. Now, what, what's happened in the interim? The Cardinals look bad. Let's accept that. It's one game, but they look bad. Fez, you even downgraded them what? I only downgraded them a point because I had them pretty low to begin with. Okay. And the Rams, I mean, the scoreboard looked good, but you would, I mean, Colin was going around saying, well, they didn't play in the preseason. Well, if if that's an excuse, why didn't they play in the preseason, like the starters? How, what did you do with the Rams? I brought them up a point. A whole point? Yeah, half a, half a point was the fact that I thought that they may well take a half to get over the fact they didn't play in preseason. That's what happened against Oakland. So let's call it a two-point adjustment. And to me, if we're getting a four-point adjustment when it should only be two, that's the definition of value. And... Like you said, Maddie, we know double-digit dogs generally are good. You don't want to play them blind, but that's a starting point. And also this, I don't believe the gambling gods. This might be the only way I'm kind of, not superstitious, but I think there's uh, I think there's a comeuppance. There's like kind of a zen in the world. Uh, karma, I guess, is the right word. Everyone and their brother was betting the Rams last week, right? Of course. I mean, it was a three and a half to six. It was the biggest bet game of the week, right? And what what happened to those people? They got affirmed. It's like if you don't work out for a month, but somehow run, you know, but let's say you're a high school athlete, you don't work out for all of July, you go into doubles and you have your best practice, first practice, you're thinking, I didn't need to work out. Every better just got affirmed. And this game opened ten and a half. Where it was supposed to got butt up to 12 and a half. So to me, I don't think the betters are going to be able to just keep laying huge numbers as a road or uh, on the Rams double digit off a road game and just keep cash. I don't think that's the way the world is. I know they're going to do it sometimes, but I think we're in a 55% spot here. Fest. I agree, and I think that the Rams players themselves got affirmed, ah, we don't have to play in preseason, we don't have to go through all these reps, we're really, really good, and I'm coming off a of Monday night primetime when ah. some parties in L.A., we got we got Arizona, they're a joke, this is our, this is our early bye week. Fez makes a great point, and it's the last piece of my handicap. This is a team with questionable intangibles. I think if they have real problems, which I doubt it could be a catastrophe relative to expectation. But I also think they're almost like a LeBron James with the Cavs in the NBA. If they can be flat, expect them. If you could envision they're going to be flat, expect that they're going to be flat. What do you think of the handicap? 
Uh, I certainly, uh, the value has to lie with Arizona and f- with the overinflation on one side and, and the uh, overreaction on the other side. Cause who could, I mean, really, who played worse than Arizona? Maybe Detroit, but I think Arizona is the dud of the week. And, and I think, it, you know, the Rams playing on that late Monday night game are probably kind of the last thing people saw. Uh, the one thing that I have noticed in the NFL this year that worries me a l- just a smidge about this game here is I think because of the fact that they've taken so much of the physicality out of the NFL, one of the things that is becoming a little bit more prominent is coaching because all of a sudden you can't just go out and recruit athletes and say, hey, smash into these guys, go run or run this guy down. All of a sudden, coaching is becoming a little bit more prominent than it was for maybe the past 12 or 15 years uh, before a lot of the rule changes that have taken place. And I and McVeigh seems to be able to, to really do it. I mean, the adjustments they made at half, they absolutely dominated the second half of that game after coming out and putting up kind of a dud. So you have to at least give him some credit. The players all love him. Everyone says he's a great football mind. And he made a lot of adjustments at halftime Monday night after they were losing that football game in half. Yeah, you know, I actually like the car. Some of this is residual that I like the Cardinals coming in the season because everyone knew they had some close wins. And if you looked at their Pythagorean number, it was like, wow, they got lucky last year to win eight. But their total was six. And to me, I thought, well, wait a minute. And if you actually look at my luck factor thing, and after a week or or two or three weeks, we're going to start having a version of that for this season. But last year, actually, Arizona was net unlucky. Because when you add in the injury side, when you add in the strength of schedule side, when you add in the turnover side, and then the fourth piece being close games, Arizona was net unlucky. So they were downgraded two games, even though they were unlucky, Arizona, and they upgraded a quarterback. Bradford's still healthy. We'll see for the season, but right now he's healthy. And David Johnson's what, top five back? He returned. So if you upgrade a quarterback and add a top five back, and you're being downgraded two games, and you were unlucky last year, I get it. They didn't look, you know, as you said, O-line, the, the lines got dominated. Who's to say what drove that? How good the Rams are? Because obviously the Rams line, oh, I'm sorry, we're talking about this week, is who's to say if that's going to, because if we just could watch one game and look at the line and know for sure how good the lines were, we would know how good these teams are, right? We know oftentimes we're doubtful about how we're uncertain of how good a team is in week 10 sometimes. Right. And uh, yes, and oftentimes how well the lines play is all about motivation. And we've got a 2020 game here. We got one team that won by 20. We got one team that lost by 20. So while the Rams are celebrating, you know, the cards are having an emergency partners meeting. Circle the wagons. We need to give this game our absolute maximum effort. And here's here's the best. If I could just give one if I was like doing a last radio show and it's like signing off and I could give one maxim, it would be. The hardest bets to make are the best bets. And this is the hardest bet to make of the week. Of course. And that means very few people are going to make it, which means it gets cheap and the Rams are going to be expensive. You know, this one feels like it will keep going up too, but I mean, it's already up two points and we're going to play it at 12 and a half. Okay. Now, bonus. Usually at the end of the show, you're going to get three extra best bets. But one of those is Fez's on a prop. It's prop of the week. And it's in this game. So instead of making you wait, fast. Well, you know what we'll do? Let's do a little. We don't usually use this one on the pod. Let's break it out. Whoa, make me rich. Make me rich. 
prop on Goff pass yardage under. I'm projecting it to be right around 270. I think this is a really good bet for a variety of reasons. One being, I think Arizona is going to do everything they can to run clock, to run David Johnson, to shorten this game and basically have fewer possessions for both teams. Further, how did the Rams beat Oakland last week in the second half? They took command of the game and Gurley got the ball and they pounded the rock in the second half and they were successful with that game plan. So if the Rams have the lead in this game, I expect a similar scenario to play out 270 yards. Well, the Rams put up a whole lot of offense last year. That's why that's this number is going to be so high, but that's a really high number for a double digit favorite. That's going to be ahead by seven or more points. I'm going under the 270. Now that's a projection, the 270. It is. So at 269, you don't play it. I would still play it down. So give us give us your buy price. 263. Okay, so anything over and whatever the line is is what we'll grade it on. But you're saying at 263 still play and at 262 don't. Under. Correct. Any quick thoughts on that, Manny? I mean, it makes sense. Historically, you look to play quarterbacks under um, that are also involved in a big spread game at home because they tend not to run the score up. The problem is bookmakers know that, too. And, and a lot of times you see deflated lines here uh, compared to the fantasy expectations. Sometimes the bookmaker lines are deflated in that in those double digit favorite numbers. So. Um, look, assuming it's in the 270 range, sure, great. But if it's 255, well, you know. that's why we got the buy yeah. price, baby. Vikings Packers next. Now, this game's interesting. Off the board here Wednesday, we're in Las Vegas pregame.com studios, but the super contest line is out. Minnesota favored by seven, which presupposes pretty much that Aaron Rodgers is out. But as of now, the expectation is he's going to play. So obviously we'll make our decisions on that contest line come Friday when we put our picks in. And remember, guys, in the gold, we're at pregame. The at sign, that's our Twitter pregame. And then the classic pregame.com. So you can see what we end up doing if you want. Those picks are all over the web. How much is Aaron Rodgers worth? The number we've used for a long time. Last year it was 10. Last year it was 10. Still 10. I mean, it can't be more, I don't think. No, but I don't think it's much less. It's still more than a touchdown, for sure. I mean, and there's there's very few quarterbacks that you can you know, assuredly say are worth more than seven points to the wagering line, and Aaron Rodgers is still one of those guys. Maybe it's eight and a half, maybe it's nine, but it's more than a touchdown, and that's more than almost anyone else in the NFL. Kaiser... Uh, as Cousin Sal would say, so-so, which is pretty good. <laughs> I would say Kaiser so-so at best. But <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, I've heard people say that's an upgrade, a quarterback, or a backup. I mean, is, 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 is Kaiser really an upgrade over Hunley as a backup? I do think he looks... Uh, when he's not Hunley throwing Hunley was going for a big contract. There was a thought this guy was being sure. groomed. Like a Matt Flynn type. I mean, obviously, they didn't want that. To... What do you think, Fez? I think right now they're comparable. Maybe Kaiser has a higher ceiling. Um, but as of now, I've got a 10-point adjustment from Rodgers to Kaiser. However, to be fair, it's only a 9-point adjustment now because I docked Green Bay down a point for Rodgers if he replaces Rodgers because I think he'll probably have to play with a knee brace and not be quite as effective if he does play. 
So you said if Rodgers replaces Rodgers, what does that mean? I mean, if Rodgers plays this week, I'm still He's downgrading. a lesser version of Rodgers. Right. Okay. Listen, I was all over the radio on the Bears, uh, so I was right about that. But I was also pounding my fist that Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback he used to be. And yards per attempt through five years that ended in, let me see, 14, uh, 15, 16, 17 is the years he wasn't as good. So the five years before that, 14 and, the, and, and 13, 12, 11, 10, he was the best in decades. Aaron Rodgers, yards per attempt, which considers how far you throw downfield and completion percentage, best in decades. In fact, any quarterback born after WW2, think about that for a second. In the prior three years before last week, he was below average in the NFL amongst his contemporaries. I think it was like 23. I don't have the notes in front of me. That doesn't make sense. If you're the best in decades of something and now you're below average, probably, let me ask you, Matt, if I said stats, just one stat that's at ESPN.com, not like some advanced analytic about how good a quarterback is, isn't yards per attempt pretty much one of the top couple? They, they all love it now, but the problem is as part of your yards per attempt is dependent on the offense you're running. Now, the thing about Rodgers is he has the same coaching staff and they've run a similar offense. A different OC, but... This year. But, but a similar offense, you know, really, in a, in a lot of senses, it's not a completely, you know, full structural change offense uh, where you see some of these complete spread attacks like Chicago where they're trying to get the ball out so quick that they're always going to have a low yards per attempt. So, yeah, I mean, I think assuming you have the same coach, you run at least a similar style of offense, and yet the results are variously, you know, very different. You can say, okay, something is going on there. Um, so, yeah, I think you can make a strong case that something has changed with Aaron Rodgers. But what's going to happen is because of this, and quite frankly, you know, very impressive for the ages performance. I want to look very closely, assuming he's fairly healthy moving forward at his stats, because even if his stats aren't great, the public's going to be thinking about that performance for a quite a long time. And maybe, I don't know if it's going to be yards per game or just fading the Packers in general, but if he's significantly overrated, Rogers, there's going to be some opportunity. Oh, I agree. And I think that's a great stat. And frankly, I was shocked when you shared that stat with me, RJ. I'm like, RJ's wrong for, for once. And I went home and took a look. And it's amazing the, how he has tailed off in recent years. And actually, the, the numbers, and, and I attributed it, you know, initially, Football Outsiders and their annual did that breakdown the five years versus the three. Um, and again, obviously, their analytics are very interesting and no, and worth reading, I think. Um, so really, if Ro- I mean, we're, what we're going to do with the Super Contest is if Rodgers is playing, we're going to take the seven pretty much. Because especially because I get the whole idea if it's one and a half points off, we don't auto play it. But if a game's around, so what do we expect the line to be if Green Bay has a fairly healthy Rodgers? I'm going to say Minnesota too, because there's some so perception say, that, oh. hey, uh, Rogers is still hurt. I'm going to say Minnesota two to two and a half. Uh-oh, I get the green buzzer out. Fez, now remember, bring it to the mic if you want to do it. Well, you called it first, did you No, not? no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so how do we bet this one? I think you said two, two and a half. I think we should make this one simple. I think it's minus one. Let's give them a lift. You like this one. I don't want Maddie backing off. As the arbiter here, I'm saying, 
at minus one, and let's use the Chris close. That's a good one. What do you think it's going to be? Well, go ahead. Green Bay is going to be the, the very slight favorite. Packers Green Bay be, is going to be favored. If if yes, if Rogers starts, if RJ just explained to you why the the <laughs> oh, the entire but, uh, nation just saw of- him as God. To win that game down, why are you 20 trying to, to convince three? him? The bet's there. Well, uh, my thought on the bet was that we have to assume Rodgers is going to start. Like, yes. Leading yeah. into yes. the game, otherwise it's no action. Yeah, so Rodgers has to start. At, and, and again, even game time decisions are forty minutes before the game. You're going to. You're know. saying Green Bay is going to be a favorite. Pickham's a push. No. You said two, two and a half oh, the other way, and I said he just said, "Hey, no, I'm trying to." But you're the we one that negotiated. No, that. no, then that's too long. What I did as the arbiter was give you a point and a half away from your outside. Minnesota rate. one's a push. Yes, that's a push. Now that's giving you. I mean, if anything, we should take your two. We should take your lower end. We're Maddie, getting, you're looking like you're getting the the raw end of the deal, and you're getting well, you're saying Green Bay's rounding. a favorite. So if Green Bay's a favorite, no, they're that, minus one. But, but no, no, so no. his my line is two points off. I mean, you're shading one off Listen, mine we and never, two off his. No, because you're the person that made the first statement. He's fading you. All right, fine. You're in for a hundo. No, nope. you want it two hundred. I thought it was two hundred dollars. It's two hundred minimum. I thought that was on a like. You said. That, no, that's five. That's an opinion. No, you said on a like, no, it's 200. Listen. On a best bet, it's five. 500. That's what you said. And you so had this is p- just some random thing on the game. And what we said was. I didn't say I like this game. You said, what do you think on. the line oh, stop, will stop, be? Stop, stop, I didn't stop. even say I'd lean that way. Let me keep it real simple. And you can back up. Every be- There's only going to be two bets on the show, 200 or 500. All right. That way we don't negotiate it. Now, you have, when it's not a like, you have a right to back off. And we'll come up with a little phrase Almost like a hostage. It has to read upon further, like something like upon further review, my opinion was wrong and fill in the blank of the name was correct. And please allow me not to make the bat. It'll be something like that. And you can get out of the bat. Do you want to say no possible? way. (laughs) (laughs) So there's no chance I'm reading that. Why don't we just do it simple? Why don't we just make this bet simple? The big, if Green Bay's favorite, I owe you two. If Minnesota's favorite, you owe me two. And if it's a pick em, it's a push. The Vig never wants a bad end of something. Here's what we're going to do, okay? <laughs> on the, We're going to all agree after the show, because this is not great. This is sure. kind of fun, but the haggling... Guys, you're getting, I mean, just think about when the bill comes at lunch with these two, right? <laughs> I mean, you're hearing a variation. Of I'm going to agree to Maddie's terms. Yeah. Okay. But, but here's the deal. For, and I'm going to make a commitment to the audience. Whoever says it, the other person ring, you know, whoever wants to fade, the third person sets the terms. And obviously, if they're unfair, the other person would have a right to say no. But the fact you said two, two and a half, and I said one to avoid this right. crap. And again, he's fine with these terms. We're not going to be haggling. Okay. Because that's not good right anymore. Okay. But you luckily, and look at him smiling, thinking, <laughs> I haggled in one case and got a point. All right. So let's set it very clearly. All right. That's fine. Very clearly. If Rogers doesn't play, there's no bet. Correct. If Rogers plays at the Chris slash bookmaker close, if the Packers are favored, you win. Can we, for the sake of U.S. integrity, grab somebody in the United States as close? No, that's fine. Um, let's think. Who do we trust here? Uh, Westgate? Are you no. okay with that? No, I'm not. MGM? No. Uh, uh, let's do Hill? this. Huh? Hill? 
Well, now we're negotiating over this. <laughs> I'm just asking him, you know. <laughs> How's this sound? I'll decide who... Uh, Oh my gosh! It's uh, let's we'll for, do Westgate. I'm the president Listen. of a company called U.S. Uh, Integrity. We're not going to use a U.S. book. Let's do this. We'll do. Oh God, I don't like either of these books. Uh, we'll do Westgate. Okay, today, but we'll have to figure this one out. Right. It'll be the Westgate close. All you right. agree with that? Of course. All right. Thanks. Okay. Now that's it. No more haggling. <laughs> Two hundred bucks though. <laughs> Calling <Corgi. Now, laughs> I'm going to tease ahead because I want to do a couple more games. But Fezzik won a bet, and oh my God, you are not going to believe what how he did it. And you, if you listened last week, you heard it, but you won't believe how he did it. Maddie's already paid him. I'm holding my money in escrow because it's under protest. It's under protest. We're going to do two more games, and we'll get to it. Last thing, Vikings. I think the case could be made. Minnesota's the best team. What Fez, what's causing you? And I've seen smart people think so. Why do you think the Rams are better? And you've got Rams one now. Why do you think the Rams are better than the Vikings? Cluster injuries for the Vikings still. Their center's out and they're, uh, they got a second lineman that's out. So that's so, so if the, and this week out again. Yes. And if they were both healthy, where would they be? Vikings clearly number one. Clearly. So how many points down do you have them now? And by the way, you, can you get- already have them one and a half down now. So you're saying. Two linemen are worth two points? Well, that and the fact that Cousins is their new quarterback. Can I get the green buzzer? Can we measure the worth of the linemen? Because we know they're not moving the line well, two their, points. It's their third string center is the problem. He's totally unproven. And remember now, his power ratings are for, for a batter's line, not for a bookmaker's line. Right? Public perception isn't being considered. He's trying to give if God was creating numbers. But right? he has Rams one and a half higher right now. And with only two You know, Matty injuries. thinks he got the worst of it there, so he's going to argue <laughs> with anything right now. All right. As the host, we're moving on. I like Minnesota, man. But I agree. Third string centers and all that stuff in general. Okay. Let's move on. Next game. Panthers, Falcons. Falcons right now favored by six in this game. Fez, boy, I, I don't agree with you here necessarily. We'll see about the buzzer. You like Atlanta. Yeah, I like the fact that Atlanta's got... 10 days to prepare for this game off that loss against the Eagles. I know it's been epic bad in the red zone for the Falcons. Now, hold on a second. I've been lambasting you about this off mic, and now you're going to prepare for my lambast in your presentation? I mean, this guy, I mean, (laughs) do you really want me to... I'm the dirtiest player in the game. Do you really want me to hold back my opinions early in the week so you can't like t- this is what Colin does when I he knows ahead of time if I'm going to agree or disagree on the pod, and when I disagree, he'll tell like a five minute story about why he likes the game. When I agree, he tells thirty seconds. Fair enough. Let me make my case for Atlanta here. I've got a dome team that lost back to back games in Philadelphia with some horrendous play calling. When the game was on the line. Still talking about that. Go ahead. I think they're going to be a totally different team on turf. And, I, and they're facing a Carolina team that is 1-0, but they beat a Cowboy team that's down. And they've got some key injuries, including their tight end, Olsen, their linebacker, Luke Keekley. So some key injuries for Carolina as well. Here's the thing. If the only reason we were down on Atlanta was the last two games, not being on turf and all that in those games and now being on makes sense. What we're saying is Atlanta's stats are amazing. Going back to last year, 
and they were amazing, even more amazing the year before. But my point is, since their stats been um, have been amazing, but disconnected from the scoreboard, all the way. I would say, and Maddie, you know this better than anyone. I think at this point, Atlanta's had more line moves to their favor in the last since the beginning of last season than any team in the NFL. What if we just added up the net line move, it was crazy. All off YPP yards per play, exactly. <laughs> There's a OPP, right? Yeah. Okay, that's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie laughed like he's like, I was at the club a few nights when that song was that your era when OPP was on you, your hands up and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't even remember. I do remember hearing that thing, or I remember people doing that stuff. Women weaken late. <laughs> so here's my point that assumes the red zone is luck. And to me, with the red zone, there's two things. Do you have playmakers that in that small box can still make plays because you've only got, let's say, from the 10, 20 yards to cover, counting the back of the end zone? Or it's scheme. A great coach like Belichick can scheme it up. A guy, Mike Lombardi, my favorite media guy, he believes Sarkeesian is an average college OC. This guy, he had the whole offseason to get ready do we think turf was the problem in the red zone versus grass? Well, it slows Julio Jones yeah. down a great deal. Okay. But that's the only problem? It's not the only problem. Are you assuming the red zone is all luck? No. So how are you adjusting these great Atlanta analytics to account for the fact they stink in the red zone? I am, You're not. I'm making a small adjustment. Maybe I should be making a significant adjustment, to be fair, just and to contrast them with another team like Kansas City in the red zone. Oh, it's a joy to watch that team. So innovative. What do you think, Matt? I agree. And I agree with what? That Atlanta's overrated. In fact, I was thinking about reaching for the buzzer twice already. I've had to like hesitate. Not yeah, just send it over here because I'm very likely going to. Well, no, no. If you take it, you got to well, do. The it. problem for me is Keekley in this situation because he dominated the Dallas Cowboys last week, and he was the big disrupting factor in their ability to run the football. The Dallas Cowboys. It was Luke Keekley. That's why Dallas couldn't run the football, and he is listed as questionable still this week, and he's certainly not going to be a hundred percent. But I don't even know if I'm going to get a 90% Luke Keekley. But what bothers me about Atlanta here and why I'm leaning toward Carolina is these two teams have a lot of familiarity. Look, Carolina beat them 20 to 17 in Carolina last year, held them to 17 points. And in a meaningless game at the end of the year that Atlanta needed to win at home to make the playoffs, they still only scored 22 points. Yes, they got the win, but they don't have a history of scoring enough points against this Carolina Panthers team for me to lay six. And that's why I'm hitting the buzzer. And I'm taking this <laughs> with the Carolina Panthers. All right, so this is easy, no debate. Two hundred bucks, no vig at six. You got this. Is going to be like uh, in Lucky You. Remember, no, we're going to have big weeks back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Mackie? You like this? <laughs> now, did you see Lucky You? Yes. Remember when uh, they were playing that like child's game at the White Cross and uh, Duvall against his boy? Oh, okay. And he yeah, ended up yeah. taking the whole 10 dimes against him? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like this. I love when Duvall said, I'm weak, but I'm not that <laughs> weak. Yeah. I win again. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, Duvall, that movie was cheesy in a lot of ways. And, and I don't understand why these movies have such long poker scenes. There's nothing great about it in a movie. And plus, it never makes sense. And, 
But Duvall, man, there was that scene when he's in the bathroom at the end. They go, well, why did you, you know, that ring was the big deal. Yeah. And why did you always let me have it back or whatever? He goes, because she's your mother. And he said it like his voice was cracking. And Duvall's awesome. If you want to Duvall, obviously Godfather, obviously Apocalypse Now. There was a movie called Tender Mercies. He actually won the Oscar. I, don't think I think. I've seen it. He was a country singer who was like 45 years old at the time. It was just like maybe 1980. He's just driving through the Midwest, starts staying at this bed and breakfast, like six different hotel rooms, and he falls in love with the mom. And the mom is, you know, about his age, and he's got a daughter or a son. I can't remember. One of the great natural. Duvall was such a natural. Is such a natural act actor. Great, but he was great and lucky you. I thought if you haven't seen it, it's not highly rate or um, reviewed. Lucky you, but if you're a Vegas person, it's worth a watch. I think. I love you guys going at it because the ego is going to get involved too. Okay, and I'm just going to cherry pick. <laughs> That's good. <cherry> pick. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm low volume, baby. Chargers Bills are next. Boy. I think I'm right about the Chargers, Fez. I was really, uh, obviously loved KC last week. What's your t- and you were high on them. What's your take on the Chargers off of last week's performance? You know, I changed it a little bit. I, I was driving over here. The last thing I did, it, this is the last game I, I rewatched. And I'm watching. So you the, typically do what? The NFL networks, uh, they call them the rewatch. The rewind, right. The, rewind. The okay. condensed, typically, version. And I'm watching Kansas City just shred the Chargers defense. And I'm watching the Chargers make dumb mistakes on their special teams. And I'm thinking to myself, how is this team lined at nine and a half wins? <laughs> I downgrade them, but RJ's going to bust my balls and he's going to be right. I probably should have brought them down even further. Well, I'll tell you this. Again, Football Outsider said this. If there's unlucky, if a team's unlucky seemingly late in the game, you got to ask yourself, is there a reason? Now, I liked McCoy going back a couple years now, and the market liked McCoy. Malinsky really liked McCoy, I remember. This coach, I mean, who likes this Chargers? Do you, where do you rank him 1 to 32? He's in bottom five. So, bottom five, and they're losing a bunch of close games. And the Chargers, and here's the last thing, and this was a brilliant point, again, football outsiders. I've been studying. They have an inordinate number of not huge name players, but let's say 1B players, meaning they're not superstars, but they're stars, the Chargers do. And I'm not talking boats or whatever on rookie deals, but rather guys that are getting paid seven, eight, nine, ten million a year. They're not those, oh, my God, contracts, but they spend more in the middle or more at the top end. And they have rookies and, a you know, more, an inordinate number of stars, but their their middle is hollow. Like they don't have the money. They spent extra on a handful of guys, rather an extra million on 10 more guys in the middle. And they have a hollow team, which tends to show itself with special teams with things where you just don't have that level, it's like they, it's like a fantasy team in a way. And when you're it edge, actually makes sense, they would lose close games with that team makeup. And when your edge rusher Bosa winds up being out like he was last week, like he'll be this week, it has an even greater impact on the overall team. 
What do you think generally about the Chargers the last, uh, let's say, since the new coach? I'm not overly high on them. I mean, that Kansas City was my top play last week. I mean, so obviously I can't be too high on, on the Chargers. But I do think that they have an effective offense that at some times when it gets going is going to blow some people out. This could be the game against a really inept Buffalo team. I mean, Phillip Rivers still threw for over 400 yards last week, still averaged over eight yards per pass attempt so last week. All these week. stats... We're going to keep hearing about these stats till he retires, but they never win. They were down 31-12. Of course, he lit the lamp. I understand, but uh, this feels like a game where Mike Williams could get involved, where he could make some big... Buffalo so bad. Is there anyone that you talk to that doesn't think Buffalo's not only the worst team in football this year, but really, by far, like, it's not even close? Maddie, how do you grade the quarterback change for the Bills? Upgrade, downgrade. Oh, I know uh, I mean, I'm going to disagree on Fez with this Uh-oh. one, but I think Peterman, I mean, all we have on Peterman that's positive is they say he's good in practice and he looked okay in the, pre- he has been historically bad. I mean, really, historically. Yeah, historically bad in Kids his Kids might tell a story. You know how like the old NFL films, like when we were growing up, Gail Sayre, we, we didn't see him play. There might be like, you know, there might be like this type of music. Let me, I haven't used this for Fez for a while. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's showing Peter me like balls bouncing off the <laughs> I mean, this is history. I think Peterman did lead the Bills in the first half to four drives of over 55 yards if you count their punts. <laughs> that was pretty good. Fez had something prepared there. I, I stole it from Colin. You know what I have <laughs> oh. noticed? You know what I have seen sometimes with really bad quarterbacks, and I think we've all seen it, is sometimes when you bring the rookie in in a really bad situation, that first game, at least the players feel like, well, we're trying something new. See, I tend to disagree. I think this is such a bad situation because he's going to have to throw from behind. I think they're almost saying... What are they going to throw? They don't all do that in the NFL. Detroit just gave get, up. They pulled their starters. We're seeing more. Yeah, and more but of that once in you're down twenty-one or twenty-eight, it doesn't matter. But if it's ten points with four minutes left, I feel much better with the Chargers than I would against the Bills than probably any other team. Right. So, yeah, I don't want to lay it. I think the charge. I think sometimes. Hey, this is a theory from last or a couple years ago, and I've repeated it. Sometimes there's a position group in the NFL that's so bad, it's not worth a half a point or a point. It's worth like six or seven because they just aren't professional level. It sounds like you think, I mean, is Josh Allen at this point, who knows what he's going to be? Is he a professional quarterback right now? I mean, is he, is he even as good as a typical backup? But I don't know that Nathan Peterman is. And no, you're right. But I'm in saying sports yeah. where guys get on. The, hey, Ray Ankeel was this amazing pitcher uh, as well as a positional hitter. All of a sudden, he couldn't throw the ball near the plate. It, sometimes people get on the big stage and they cannot perform. And Nathan Peterman is historically bad. It's hard to say anyone is worse. But let's switch this conversation from who's relatively better to how good is Josh Allen. At least there's some unknown. Fez, would you rather have, if I let you take the 17th best backup, so middle of the pack, or Josh Allen to play this game, who would you want? Oh, I'd want the worst backup rather than Josh Allen. So you think Josh Allen is is not one of the best 64 quarterbacks in the NFL? Oh, gosh, no. I'd much rather have well, Kaiser back there. I think he's right. And Just Kaiser, by experience. First of all, Kaiser's not the 64th quarterback in the NFL. 
Really? Kaiser's <laughs> probably rated in the upper half of backups. Well, that's just some thought that somehow Green Bay is going to turn. Kaiser was the worst starting quarterback this century, if you look at the stats. Now, what happened? You know, all right. So we know he's bad. The question is how bad, right? I can't, I can't. This is one of those you got to pass. It's dog or pass for me, and I can't play the dog. I cannot play the dog here. I passed as well. Next game, and then we'll tell the Fez story. Texans, Titans. We got uh, Mariotta injury. What's the status right now, Matt? Probable. Upgraded to probable this afternoon. How much is he worth? You know, it's funny. We didn't see that line take off, did we, this afternoon? It didn't. Uh, we didn't see this huge spike in the Tennessee. Uh, I think he. I think year after year, game after game, his value compared to whoever his backup is, and it switched a couple of times, is becoming less and less and less. I had it as a four point difference if Gabbard had to go, but frankly, four, four. But now I don't think he's worth four with any any that, backup. That was before the season started. Now we've seen a bad game for Mariota, and we've seen him get banged up. And so even if he plays like Rogers, probably not a hundred percent. So maybe only a two and a half point adjustment now. So this is back to the, your concept, which is the running quarterbacks that get banged up. It not only hinders their running, they are less inclined and willing to run. So even if they play worth a lot less than let's say a Tom Brady, the toppled. Or we saw with Rogers that he basically was immobile and was fine in the second half against the bears. Okay. What do we think of the Titans? We all had Miami last week, right? Or at least we, it was in our super contest. How do you handicap Fez, all the delays and all that stuff? Can't be good to spend seven and a half hours in the Miami so f- Fatigue, heat. fatigue. Yeah, 90 degrees for seven hours on a Sunday. I, I'm concerned about both teams this coming week and whether that might have some um, effect on them. You agree, Manny? I don't know if it's going to have any effect on them this week. It certainly did last week. I know that, you know, most of these teams don't do any type of physical practice on Monday anyway. They just kind of get back there and do a little walkthrough. Uh, yeah, but sometimes, I mean, again, these are pro athletes, so it's hard yeah, that's to know. Right. But it's a whole week, so I don't know. I don't know that that's going to have an effect, but you could see last week, to Fez's point, I mean, they were gassed in that fourth quarter when they were finally finishing that game. They were absolutely gassed. Houston. Uh, Bill Simmons has a thing. Are we sure? Dot dot dot. Are we sure Deshaun Watson is a uh, top ten quarterback if healthy? Because I do Houston ESPN with AJ Hoffman and Fred Fowler. Fred, uh, actually, we're going to have a podcast tomorrow. We talked about from Radio Row with Triple G for the fight. Fred's going to be boxing guy, and Steve Cofield's going to do it with me. I was talking about how much I liked Watson healthy. They said, you know, did we really see enough to be sure? How did he look last week? What's our thoughts on Watson? Well, he certainly started slow. We all saw that. He started with the fumble, and then he certainly didn't look good in the first half. And then finally, when they were stuck 27-13, he started to get it going a bit. Um, you know, he's a tough one to predict. And I'll tell you, uh, the one thing I have noticed is not every injury is created equal and coming back. And these ACL injuries, they used to be a torn ACL was 18 months. And now all of a sudden. To be a hundred percent. To be a hundred percent. And now all of a sudden, you know, we expect him to be a hundred percent coming into August, you know, 10 months later. And, you know, I'm not sure we're not rushing some of these guys back or rushing our expectations a bit. And now he, he already has a concussion. Looks like he's probably going to play, but that's already an issue that he's getting banged up. Let's face it, Houston trailed 
13 to 27 with four minutes to go. And they got a cheap touchdown on a muffed punt that he only had to drive him 18 yards on that final drive. I think he is missing his number two wide receiver fuller. One of the best number twos in the league did not play last week. I think that was an issue as well. Not expected to play this week either. Um, now, Fez, your note says likely to play. What are you hearing? The last I heard was he was likely to play. Will Fuller likely to play. Mayor? We'll get some news from the mayor. The mayor pregame. Okay. Here's my question. Tight or Texans, worst offensive line in football? Or we don't have to debate that. Bottom three? Is that is that a question? What did you say, Titans or Texans? I, ta- I, I said Titans accidentally, and then I cracked it and said Texans. Texans, okay. Fez, you don't think so? The eye test agrees with them being a bottom tier O line. I don't know if they're bottom three. I don't know either. I, I thought Lamar Miller looked okay. They were blocking for him all right. Uh, I think Pro Football Focus has him real low. I have to check on that. Let's say bottom third. Well, I think that's for sure. All right, I'd I'd hear the buzzer on that one. <laughs> Be careful on their rush yards because they had a cheap, long thirty-five yard run down the sideline where it was somewhat of a miracle in their own when they were back against their own five. Mackey injury. Likely to play. Watson's not even on the injury report. So, okay, next game. Right, let's tell the fast story. All right, so everyone, I, I got to be honest, it was insane. Maddie, you even got caught up. And a lot of people were just saying Maddie. So you didn't see probably 10, maybe 10% of it. It was like Fez one, Fez one. And it's like, I started thinking for a minute. I know, I didn't get any love last year when I was killing them with the Bills turnover bet. This guy... Here's what we know. I am Elma J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. He hasn't worked a straight job this century. No. He is like coming in with disguises. I mean, one week we got a little time. You can talk all the different ways he's trying to get parlay cards in. He's sending kids in, you know, not kids underage necessarily, but anything to anything that, you know, he'll maybe rent a baby to go make bets, <laughs> put a fanny pack on to look square. I mean, He's the dirtiest player in the game. And he's got that Opie look about him. Here's what I <laughs> here's what I think it is. I think I he is the better NFL handicapper, no doubt about it. Some would say I have a way with words. Because of that, he's become the underdog. Somehow Fez is a sympathetic figure. And Matt, you're the vague. No one likes the bookie. No. I mean, you're my favorite bookie, but bookies are bad. I mean, we're seeing the way bookies are. They never want the worst of it. (laughs) Never. Even if they're the nicer bookie. So this is what he did. We made a bet on him on the weather. Which I paid, by the way. You made a mistake. All right. No, you should have paid. I, under protest. And here's the thinking. Fez has a heck of a Twitter following. How many followers you got? 44,700. Well, he's tracking that baby. How do you even know? Doesn't it say like 44.7? Probably. Oh, yeah. At Fezzik Sports. Great follow. Maddie Holtz is. Uh, at Matthew Holt VP. You know, I've noticed you don't ever retweet this pod. You're going to retweet this pod this week. Do you send it? Do you put I, me I, on it? No, I'll, I'll email you. Or, okay. or we're going to have no more Twitter <laughs> okay. matches. All right. Now, <laughs> now I've got. More I never remember seeing it on my uh, Twitter. You must not follow me on Twitter. No, ah. you know I do. <laughs> okay. You, the, I got more in Fez. Let's just say that. 162,000. Um, so here's the thing, though. 
I get people all the time coming to me and saying, and this is how Mackie came. Hey, love what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Not again. There, if you have 162,000 people, there's going to be occasionally crazies. There's going to be all kind of stuff. I usually ignore it. It either has to be very well written or persistence. Now, the mayor was persistent. He kept in. Here he is, right? He deserves it. He's doing a hell of a job. I mean, you don't become the mayor without some of that. There was someone else that kept at me. And I, I, I looked at it. And I said, this is pretty sharp. But it was very technical. So I handed it to Fez. All right, now, let's set the scene. We bet, what will the total do on the Pittsburgh game? What was the total at, Fez? 44 and a half across the board. And you were willing to give us what? I was willing to bet that it would close below 43. All right. So we took it, right? Both of us for 100 yeah. at the time. It ends up, the reason he knew the line was going to move was the guy I gave him, this expert, He's a meteorologist that has this technique that no one else has figured out or something of how to predict the way the weather's going to be. Like, he just knows the line moves somehow. His record last year was what, Fez? I believe 56 and 16. 50 if I lose 400 G this week, I'm only paying you three next week. 56 and 16. Now, listen, the fact that he's got superior info over you, that's why he's Fezzik. And again, but I don't take, you know, I'm not on the other side of the counter anymore. That, well, come on. RJ. I, but hold on, hold on. Hold on. The fact that I handed the guy to him and he used that information against you. You got to figure he's going to make like like 50k off this info this year and he's got to get the extra 100 off me. And me. Well, you make sense. You're the big. Yeah. <laughs> Between my summer vacations, <laughs> I took time to go down to the Tropicana and meet with the weather expert and absolutely realize that this was time well spent. Hey, did you, at any point during the process, did you think, you know something? RJ gave me this guy. I'm probably going to make 50K off him. Who knows? You might make like 300K off him in the next 10 years. Did you think you had to get the extra 100 off of me? And me? Now you're in a whole other conversation. In retrospect, you're right. I should have just gotten the 200 <laughs> off of Maddie and nothing off of you. So here's what I'm going to do. Okay, I'm going to. How do we do a poll? Because I don't want to put this out all on Twitter because everyone's not interested. All right, I'm going to put a thread up at pregame.com in the forums. I'm going to tell the story. We'll take the clip out of this part. Tell the story and do a vote. Should Fezzik, should he collect or shouldn't he? And, like what, and whatever the vote is, we'll let that stand. I, one, one conclusion from this is we talked about the efficiency of the marketplace, which we both agree on. But I think you've often said that the market is very efficient. And I've often said it's semi-efficient. And I think this is a good example. It's something like weather. You think guys would figure out if it's really going to be bad. I was on the computer when he told me that, looking at three different sites I saw that said light drizzle. And I'm like, I'm in for 100. Yeah, yeah see, that's the thing is he had inside info. I mean... I, it, I I gotta respect it. He had to know everything, this guy. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. But somehow it came from the guy he took it from. <laughs> to be fair, not only did I say the line was going to drop a point on the total, I said it dropped two points. That was pretty darn aggressive. Because you had inside info. And you the know. weather report went total his way within like 18 hours. That's the whole point, yeah. ain't it? Blue Horseshoe loves Cleveland <laughs> Pittsburgh Under. <laughs> 
You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Next game, Steelers, Chiefs. Steelers at home. Home field's three, favored by four, saying they're better than the Chiefs. Fez, you like this game, and you've reconsidered. I do, and I'd be remiss before we close the totals. I got to mention the Pittsburgh game ending in a tie, landing on 42 points. A lot of people got in under 44 and 43 that won because it tied in overtime. And obviously, if you, you know, Fez sells his late breaking stuff and some really early stuff you can't get on the pod up at pregame.com. Listen, there's no guarantees. 55% the goal. But this guy spends all day, every day, trying to, you know, quite frankly, do to the bookie what he did to me and Maddie. So, yeah, good stuff there for sure. And a lot of totals this year, I'm sure, right? Yes. Go. I've got a like written down by Pittsburgh. I got to tell you, I'm nervous about this like. Yeah, and you change it to a lean right before the show. What was the thought process? Mahomes looked so good. When I watched every play in that game against the Chargers, he was doing things that I just don't see NFL quarterbacks do. I, in particular, he threw a bomb, a wheel route to a fullback. I never see that. Dropped it right in for a long gain. Just incredible. I do think the spot is very bad for Kansas City. It's their Fourth road game in five weeks. Now, I know two of those were preseason. You could say a lot of the players didn't even play. You still got to travel. So a little bit of fatigue from the team because of that. And I hate a team that goes on the road, gets an upset win, and then has to wheel back and go out on the road again. So I think it's a good spot for Pittsburgh, who outgained Cleveland by well over 150 yards. And somehow with all the turnovers, minus five in turnovers, they wind up with the tie. So I think the spot is much better for Pittsburgh. Matt, I like Pittsburgh as well in this spot. So you like them? Yeah. And I think it's one of those situations, too, where we know in the NFL, when we start counting big plays, you know, plays that shouldn't have been a, a big play that were like Tyreek Hill breaking a big touchdown and stuff, you can't get those every single week. And uh, and I think, you know, I'm not saying they got lucky last week, but those are just plays you can't count on continuously. All, you know, that bomb to the fullback that worked, that's actually a low completion percentage pass, uh, even as good as Mahomes did look last week. And, and I do think that their defense for as, as well as their offense played in as many big plays as they hit, their defense still looks like that Kansas City defense, which is going to have holes to plug all year long. Anyway, I think Pittsburgh comes out. The weather was terrible last week. A lot of things went wrong. Big Ben turned the ball over a ton, played as bad as he could, and they still could have won the football game if they hit a 40-yard field goal in overtime. I'm going to go ahead and think that they get it done this week. They're, you know, There's a bad trend for teams playing back-to-back road games to start a season. I go ahead and lay it with the Steelers as well. Hmm. I came in lean and Chiefs, but you guys have moved me to Pittsburgh. And again, Pittsburgh could have easily won that game. Listen, you're up two scores late. It's You can win by two scores pretty easy, and it'd be a whole different narrative here. Pittsburgh tends to play well when they got to win. It's a motivational issue. Yeah. And look at the Chiefs. They're in the middle of the country, which oftentimes isn't a disadvantage because if you don't play Away back-to-back weeks, you never have to travel too much. To L.A., back to KC, to Pittsburgh. A lot of traveling. Um, 
I'm looking up at the website pregame.com. 90% of the cash, now this is early on Wednesday, on the Chiefs, 87% of the tickets. When have you seen the Steelers as a favorite? It's early, get so little action. Boy, it feels like a Mahomes won a lot of people over. Where would you guess this line closes, Fez? You know, I'm really not sure. I could see it be a popular public underdog here. Yeah. You think so, man? I agree. I think it's anywhere between three and a half and four and a half. And that doesn't seem like a lot to every listener because it's only a one point. But the fact that both of those are on opposite ends of the most important key number in football three, it's actually a pretty big variance. Okay. So we got a almost like from Faz on Pittsburgh, a like from Maddie the Vig. Next game, Eagles, Bucks. Boy, oh boy. I don't know if you know, Fitzpatrick went to Harvard and he won. He looked good. Eagles favored by three with a little extra juice. Let's start with you, Manny. Ever so slight lean on the Philadelphia Eagles here. And the one reason is, and Fez was talking about look look ahead lines earlier. And the look ahead line on this game right now is the Pittsburgh Steelers four. And I saw another look ahead line at Pittsburgh Steelers four and a half on the road at Tampa. Same spot next week. So Pittsburgh and Philly, I think most people would say maybe Pittsburgh's a half a point better. But they're fairly comparable, especially Pittsburgh without Le'Veon Bell. Very comparable to the Philadelphia Eagles. So if Pittsburgh... Pittsburgh's minus four and a half on the road. How can I only have to lay three with the Philadelphia Eagles? That's why I'm going to go ahead and lay the field goal here with a slight lean. But how do you know, if anything, the market is much thinner on those look-aheads? Why does that make you skeptical of, I mean, maybe that line is wrong, meaning that that, that Pittsburgh shouldn't be such a big favorite next week. Because, listen, I know the Super Bowl futures are imperfect because there's so much public money. But the AFC is so much easier than the NFC. But Philly's had better Super Bowl odds in Pittsburgh at different points. Let's say they've had about the same. Well, if you flip Pittsburgh to the NFC, I think their Super Bowl odds would be like 20 to 1. You put Philly in the AFC and the one tough game probably is against New England. I mean, aren't the Eagles the second favorite for the Super Bowl at that point? If they switch divisions perfectly, if, yeah. if their division yeah. is Cincinnati, Cleveland, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if anything, that means the Eagles are better. That's why I think you have to play them here. But I, I also don't love or the you Nick Foles Pittsburgh Eagles. next week. Sure, but right. I don't One, love the Nick Foles Eagles offense. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, what's our adjustment? Missing one of their best receivers, if not their best. What's our adjustment right now for Foles? I think, think it's 1.5 worse than what went. 1.5 points or wins? No, points. I think it's about 1.5 oh, to gosh. 2. Oh, But you have to talk about, is it Wentz like now four. or 100% healthy Wentz? Because Wentz isn't 100% healthy. If you say oh, right now, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Are we like Joe Montana now? Like how good? I mean, we're saying if he's on the field and yeah, healthy. I don't know. I guess if they're 100% healthy, which is what we the only thing we can really look yeah. at. I think it's moving to 4, right? I think four is the number. What's interesting. I, I don't know that it's the, all right. It's, it's last three minute. at least. Yeah. yeah. When Wentz first went down, it was four and then Foles looked terrible yeah, yeah, yeah. and it went up to six and a half. Yeah. And then true. Foles looked great and it went down to two and a half. And now we're back to four. I think it's three and a half. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Which is example of short term stuff. I mean, what do we think of the bucks? This was cutter was like at the top of the list to get fired. Doesn't mean he's still, you know, I, I'm sure the odds have gotten worse for him to get fired immediately. What was the takeaway, Fez, from that game? 
I think Fitzmagic was just tremendous. He he played like an MVP, and now is that sustainable? I say no. But don't we think that they ran the same offense they ran last year with so many deep passes, which again are low probability of success. But last week they worked. But we talked about so right like a now. Team shoots a bunch of threes in a game and hits them all. Yeah. But if they shoot a hundred threes the next game, they're they're not going to make sixty eight percent again. I mean, those type of plays don't work every week in the NFL, and I worry about that. And to Sean Jackson, their number two wide receiver, is questionable with a concussion. He's in protocol. I do have one stat, one trend here. I don't know. Not that significant because in terms of size, but maybe it is. Fitzpatrick, one in ten off of a straight-up win, one nine and one against the spread. He's oftentimes pulled the upset. He's not been able to string them back-to-back. You would think the Harvard guy wouldn't would be analytical analytical about it and not get all like, you know, I don't think he's out at the club. Is it our, Maybe is he it? is out at the club. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. Ferrari and Jaguar switching four lanes on top down, screaming out money in the bank. Bubble hard in the double law, flashing the rings with the window crack, holler back, money in the bank. Jigger, I don't like it if it don't gleam, gleam in the hell. I can see Fitzpatrick just his hands waving. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. One injury, one injury <laughs> update. Philly does get their best linebacker back, who is great in coverage. Also, he was suspended week one. You ever notice when we're having the most fun is when Fez tries to bring it back to the driest <laughs> crap. Yeah. It's almost like he knows he doesn't belong. Their third string, uh, yeah. long yeah. snapper. Really. Yeah. 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 Please turn Jay Z off. Yeah. I have an announcement. <laughs> The that, third string running back. Was that Jay-Z? <laughs> he, had, <laughs> he, he had a bowel movement on Wednesday. Yeah. I have an inside informant. <laughs> I mean, what? it's like, do you feel at that point that like you're left out? Like you're the little, do you have flashbacks when you were in the, you know, like not picked for softball or dodgeball or I'm whatever? Not, I'm not with the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> Fez makes me feel cool now. That's a good. I mean, yeah, it all works. <laughs> Next game, Browns, Saints. I mean, obviously the Saints off that game against Tampa. It's good order here. I'll be honest with you. If you would have told me $10,000 free roll to win the Super Bowl, I think I'd take the Pats because of the AFC. But if it was maybe a different question, God's going to come down and tell you the best team. Like there's a true 10,000 simulation reps that God's going to do. Who's the best team, not who wins the Super Bowl? I would have either taken Minnesota or or the Saints as, you know, last week. Boy, the Saints look bad. Defense, that was the whole point, right? Oh, you got two playmakers in offense. Obviously, one's out. Now, you've got a much improved defense and Drew Brees still is really good. That's the pitch, right? I mean, Fez, in your power ratings last year, at the end of the year, where were the Saints? I mean, there wasn't any. I mean, what was the line in Minnesota? The line was five, and I did have the Vikings a couple points better than the Saints. Well, then you did you bet Minnesota in that game? I did bet Minnesota. Okay, because home obviously the home field's more, yeah. Boy, it was, I mean, watching that game, it was mighty close, wasn't it? Lucky win. Yeah, but obviously a lucky win. But what I'm saying is the Saints team was good. What what happened? That's my question. Open, Open mic. 
I, I, first of all, I think their defense last year was a little bit of an ab- aberration. And, and look, I, I compare it to Texas Tech, who last year Texas Tech's defense approved 100 yards per game. Everybody, including myself, jumped on Texas Tech. And you know, they brought 10 players back, jumped on Texas Tech in their first game against Ole Miss. Ole Miss could have scored 100 if they wanted against that defense. Sometimes if you're a bad defense and you have one up here, it doesn't suddenly mean you're a good defense. I think last year the New Orleans Saints defense got upgraded a little bit too much. Now, Matty, I know you don't sell for me, but I'm going to sell for you. Appreciate that. That was sharp because all the analytics guys say the same thing. They acknowledge they don't know everything they should be measuring. And when a team jumps more than expected, good or bad, and there's no reason or clear reason for the size of it, you know, big injuries or whatever, oftentimes that team got very lucky or unlucky in a way that isn't easy to see. And you usually see regression the next year. Maybe the Saints defense is somewhere between what we saw Sunday and last year. Even if it's two-thirds towards last year, the Saints aren't as good as I thought they were. What do you think, Fess? I am completely confused because I thought that Dennis, I think it's Dennis Allen, their defensive coordinator, took over and they were showing market improvement under him and that it would continue. And after seeing that performance, they just got torched. I don't know what to make of it. Small sample size, but wow, it was not fluky. They got torched. Saints favored by nine in this game. Browns, I mean, you got, do they feel good? I mean, I saw the stat. I tweeted this out. Browns, 0-0-1, best start since 2004. (laughs) I said the Chiron writer at the bottom of the TV screen should retire. You're not going to ever write one better than (laughs) that. So are they happy? They finally, or they had a field goal to win it, right? I mean, what, what's the emotion of the Browns right now? Look, I think, and I, I like to look at all these teams, and you talked about it last week, that if we took Aaron Rodgers off Green Bay, that would be one of the five worst rosters in the entire NFL. I think if outside the quarterback position right now, that Cleveland Browns roster, player to player, comparable, you know, they're not in the bottom five. This is a roster that's probably around like 23, 22. Other than quarterback? Yes. I'd make the case the Browns are... Or I'd say between 13 and 15, other than quarterback. Maybe it is that high. Uh What do you think, Fed? I agree with you. A slightly above average defense, and I think the offense, you could make the case, is slightly above average as well. I Uh do really believe this Williams is is not – I think he's a bottom quarter defensive coordinator for the Browns. I think against passing teams, that's what we got here. And Sean Payton, really that keeps me off the Browns. Now we're talking this game really through – Sean Payton's one of the top five or seven X's and O's offensive guys. I think this Williams isn't. Oh, wait. So Williams was with him. Yes. Oh, Bounty Gate. Well, boy, whenever two coaches know each other, I always trust the better coach. It's like a chess player. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so that you got to give that to the Saints, too. Right. What do you think, Fess? I think you're the, nodding on radio. I think the Saints in a teaser is a great... Well, I'm not saying bet to say. I'm, it's dog or pass for me. I just can't play yeah, the dog. Yeah, dog or pass for me too. Okay, guys. And remember, most of these lines are right. The only time you're going to get a like is if when we think this line's off by two points or more. And again, not that we're all right either, but if you if someone likes seven or eight games of the NFL, uh, you got to question their wisdom. Lines, 49ers... Remember, we got a couple best bets here at the very end, and we're almost there. 
Lions 49ers. Fez, we got, and you got a like on this one. Oh, hmm, it's going to be interesting. Let's let everyone make a mind bet right now. It's the 49ers. I love Jimmy G. And the Lions, 49ers favored by six. Now, make a guess who Fez is going to like. Okay, Fez. I like Jimmy G and the 49ers. <laughs> I will lay the points. Let me make my case. Watch the whole Minnesota game, both live and then condensed. Really thought the 49ers played well. Remember, I was worried about that early start time. Would mess them up. They did get behind in the game. Ultimately, the yardage in the game was about equal. They lost the turnover turnover battle by three. They got stuffed on fourth and goal from the one. This was a misleading final. Minnesota won by eight. But the game, not just the spread, the spread was six and a half. It's not that the spread could have gone either way. You could make the case that really San Fran had an opportunity to win this game, and I think they're undervalued because of this. Contrast that with Detroit. I really think this is a problem that the Jets basically knew their plays, talked about how they knew their plays, and now they're on a short week, and they got this is a headache. Patricia and company have to worry about possibly changing the play calling so that their, their code doesn't get cracked as well. So explain that quickly. So the Jets, after the game, were bragging about, oh, we knew that this was going to be a slant pattern, and we went ahead and intercepted it, and that they were calling out the plays that the Lions were going to run before the plays actually occurred. I'm going to give you a con. Maddie doesn't sell for me, but I'm going to give you a compliment, Fez. Is this makes sense to me? When you tell about how the wind was blowing and someone sneezed, and even though they won by 28, it doesn't really count. I don't like it. But here, you're making a hell of a case. Minus three in turnovers, stuffed on the goal line, and had a weird start time because of all the night games in the preseason. And this was an early 10 a.m. Pacific start. And they still almost covered. Now that's a case. Dropped a touchdown pass also. He <laughs> has to keep adding on. That's a case. A lot of interesting stuff there. What do you think, Manny? I actually like the Niners too here. And you know, and you love the lines. I mean, yeah, you've been, you've been trying I'm to done. sell that. Talk about selling. You've been selling the Lions. I, I, I do not like the Matt Patricia Lions, that's for sure. I mean, that was the worst opening performance compared to expectations. He's a rocket scientist. Did you know saying. he's a rocket scientist? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, the problem for me here, and I, I, I you know, forget about how bad the Lions look, is the dissension in the locker room, too, where on the other side, they're starting to get really excited about San Francisco. Going into the beginning of last season, it was pretty much a consensus. Worst defense in football San Francisco 49ers we saw those young guys grow up look I think DeForest Buckner is turning into a star in front of our eyes he was awesome again last week against Minnesota and and I actually like what they're doing on the defense built around Buckner's ability to rush the passer I like the Niners here too Fez you do your line move predictions you can get those at pregame.com it's free he'll tell you where he thinks the line's moving historically when it's moved 70% correct Fez I'm going to pick a game or two a week and kind of guess where the line's going. I think this one goes up. Because I already moved two and a half from opener. I think it keeps going. I mean, that four was crazy. Uh, would you see a four? It's six now, I'm saying. Would you see? You think it's hitting seven or going through? Yeah, Let's nah. be careful with that opener. Now, that opener came up before Detroit played on Monday night. So that opener of uh, San yeah, Fran. Three and a half. Three and a half. Opener, yeah. Really didn't ex- we had now we've got very new information on Detroit. What do you think about Patricia with the ball cap and 
Colin was so yeah. What do you? I mean, it is that a head coaching look? Do because he Colin was making a case, and again, Colin does a great job of finding things to talk about. Sometimes almost like Fez, they're brilliant, and sometimes he's reaching because he and you never know which one it is, right? He doesn't know either till he's done t- saying it. Sometimes he was saying this doesn't look like a head coach, and the players weren't like gathered around him like you would a head coach. I think it makes a great point. If you're Belichick and you've been in the league forever, you can go out in your pajamas and everyone's going to respect you. And now Patricia is dressing like a slovenly man, like Belichick. It's almost like Bull Durham. Remember when he has fungus on his sandals in Bull Durham, the rookie and the seasoned veteran crash Davis says, look, after you've been in the league 10 years, you can wear fungus laden sandals, but you're a rookie. Get some new sandals. As you were hot, but that that wasn't so good. <laughs> Maddie, closing thoughts. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't know that I, I the, the bigger problem to me that from Patricia from an X's and O's or how he looks standpoint because I don't agree with how everyone looks. I mean, I would never grow a grizzly beard, and I see people that have these. But Matt, you're about there. as clean cut as there are in this business. Yeah. You came in with a couple days growth. I've never seen yeah, two it. days, and people. Yeah, I mean, so obviously that's a little different. But but, but my, is it? My problem is that people. I heard the players aren't getting along with them, that everything in, in, in the preseason was negative, 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 and that may have worked for Belichick, but it's not working for Matt Patricia. And I heard that you know the players aren't rallying to him, that's for sure. He's driving his players super, super hard. Yeah. You know, Fez, all joking about Jimmy G, and I'm not really joking, what's your over-under wins for the 49ers? Uh, yes, no, do they make the playoffs? Boy, this seems easy, right? Zero and one, and I think they were a dog to make the playoffs before the season. Yeah, I mean they're they're a dog to make the playoffs, but you don't want to say it. No, because I'm bullish on the 49ers still. Any closing thoughts on this, Lions 49ers? I wonder what what do you think a fair line to make the playoffs is right now? No, minus sixty. Oh, it's like marketplace would be like minus two fifty. Like plus two hundred season win. Well, close, because yeah, they're, they're such a dog to the Rams to win their division, so they have to win the yeah. And yeah, the NFC is so loaded. And Shan- listen, Shanahan's got some. In a weird way, if I'm the 49ers owner, I'd rather the team go eight and eight and and do everything right than try to eke out a playoff at the expense of you know developing some younger players or whatever. You know, so. I like what they're doing on both sides of the ball there. Yeah, and I think Shanahan. I mean, young. Let's say, take Belichick aside. Could Shanahan be the second best coach in football? Atlanta did pretty darn well in the red zone with him. Yeah, they did. Didn't they? That Rams coach boy. He he. Those guys like him, and he seems to be able to make. Yeah, the adjustments. he would be the other yeah. one. I would say. Yeah, and obviously Andy Reid's the old school guy. Sure. You got to figure out where you want to put him. And speaking of that, Andy Reid. Uh, to me, what I liked about Mahomes coming in the year was Andy Reid chose him. When you have a, a good organization make choices that seem 50-50, Alex Smith, usually they're making a good choice. They know more than us. Sure. If it's a forced choice, sometimes it's something they didn't want. You can't use what happened as a guide to what they wanted, obviously. Bold prediction, Mahomes will have a better career. This is bold than any of the rookie quarterbacks this year. I don't think we're going to press any green button on that one. <laughs> Too long in the future, Hey, by the way, backing up real quick, and we're heading to the final best bets here. 
Esler had, Dave Esler, he's always on with us, uh, recorded earlier. He's in Florida, and we love the immediacy of you can't bust balls from 2,000 miles away. <laughs> he had some quick thoughts on the Saints and the Browns, and then he's got a best bet coming up also. Uh, the Cleveland-New Orleans game this week, I'm really concerned about the mindset of both teams before I go forward. You know, Cleveland probably looks at that game probably as a win, not just because they didn't lose against Pittsburgh, but they came down from 14 points, and and the how doesn't really matter in a mindset. You know, Cleveland forced six Pittsburgh turnovers. Is there luck involved? Maybe. I'm sure RJ will have something to say about that, but luck to me doesn't factor into a mindset. You know, It's Cleveland here that's playing on borrowed time, and they should be absolutely fearless because people expect New Orleans to wake up. They might, but you don't give up 48 points in the opening game at home and just move on. The Saints mindset, they expected to beat Tampa Bay. They expected to beat Cleveland and be 2-0 facing the Falcons next week. I think that loss changes everything. The Saints, yes, they're not happy, but Cleveland's defense, much better than Tampa Bay's. Saints ran the ball 13 times last week. Bucks had a 24-point fourth-quarter lead. Game might not have been as close as eight points. I know Taylor had a rough game. Saints defense isn't as good as the Steelers defense. So I think when you look here, when all is said and done, I'd be very leery about laying upwards of 10 points and expecting New Orleans to put up 50. You know, people forget there's no Brandon Cooks, no Willie Sneed, Jimmy Graham, and Marcus Colston are long gone. Perception of reality, I think the truth here is somewhere in the middle. I tell you, I usually agree with Dave, but when it comes to turnovers, he believes there's just something intrinsic about teams turning the ball over more, and I believe it's a lot more luck. And we're on the opposite sides of the idea if a team wins, he thinks they have momentum, and it's a good thing, where I think if a team loses, they they increase their motivation, that they don't want to lose the next one. But I think he's right sometimes. If it's a losing team in general and they start winning, I think you can build momentum. I think with good teams, if they lose, it's better than if they win. That's interesting. If I said there's a bad team, would you rather them have won or lost the week before? Depend- always lost. Not always. Really? A good team or a bad team? I'd rather than... Oh, a bad they- team. I think, man, a good team. No, no. A, so let's start over. A bad team, you're going to bet them. Auto- you, you've got to bet on them. Would you rather they won or lost last week? Wouldn't you... If you're all automatically going to bet them, wouldn't you rather they lost because you're always going to get the better no, no, no. number? I, yeah, that's a, And I didn't say it right. Let's, let's say this. If you're handicapping a game and you're on the border of betting a bad team, would winning or losing be a positive for you betting them the next week them the week before i suppose it's a situational thing because if yeah. if it starts getting later in the season two teams give up yeah or, i agree for, yeah. what do you think Phil? i think the situation that part the specific situation maddie's right and here's the situation i would follow as a basic strategy if the bad team wins and then they're at home the next week Typically, it's a very good home underdog momentum situation because the crowd gets reinvigorated, amped up. But if they go on the road, oftentimes they're almost like, wow, we thought we might go 0-2 these next two weeks. and We already got a win under our belts. We've already so exceeded expectations, and they get drilled. That's a good point. Oh, he's selling for Fez. Selling for Fez. Good stuff, Fez. Okay, we're back to or next game, and we backed up there because I I forgot. Raiders-Broncos. Broncos favored by six in this game. You guys, no crossfire because it's only leans. Maddie, you lean Raiders. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, there's a reason 
I don't know. I just can't get over this one. I, I get that everyone's going to be on Denver here. I think there's a reason Case Keenum wasn't a starter in the NFL prior to last season. And and I think that, you know, we talk about people that have past history far exceeding that history, whether it was the Saints defensively, Texas Tech defensively, or Case Keenum offensively last year, that oftentimes they regress to the norm. And I think that's what we're seeing. We saw some good moments from Case Keenum in week one, but he also turned the ball over a ton again. And I'm not sure that he you know, we all know in the NFL you can't be successful turning the football over that much. And a couple of those turnovers were careless, poor throws by Case Keenum. I mean, Oakland didn't show a lot. They didn't have a pass rush without Khalil Mack in game one. But I don't want to lay this big of a number with these two offenses. That's why, for me, it's the ever so slightest lean toward the Oakland Raiders in a very tough division rivalry game. What do you think, Fess? I'm going to lean Denver. You know, you we mentioned you mentioned the concerns about possibly turning the ball over, but if there's one team where I do think it's predictive that they're not going to get turnovers, it's the Oakland Raiders. They don't have a pass rush. Their secondary doesn't get interceptions. And also, let's go back to that trend we talked about last week. Denver at home in weeks one and two. They won last week. They're now 14-1 and one straight up over the past 10 years. We talked about that altitude, weeks one and two. That's the time altitude gives you the biggest advantage because the starters don't play so much during the preseason. They're not in game shape. Well, this is setting up like a beautiful situation for Denver. We got Oakland. They had to play the late game, Monday night football. Now they got to go to altitude, not being in shape. I think that Denver, I hate to talk about playing a money line instead of laying six, but if there's any time that I would do it it's in this game we talk about motivation though awful loss and remember last you know we've seen all these different situations we analyze the one thing i think everyone can agree on is all i've heard the last two days is that both mornings the first two people in the in the building Derek Carr and John Gruden. They're both taking that loss personal. They're both known as big-time film study guys anyway. I think they're going to give their best effort to turn things around there. Fez, backing up, I mean, that point about Raiders off Monday night, the idea of altitude early in the year, I got to give it to you. I sell. I sell. want to take a minute and tell Fez, man, that was sharp. I mean, Fez is, I will say this, Fez, if it's a season-long NFL handicapping contest, Fez is a, fav- is a favorite over me, and he's one of my favorite people to talk football betting with. So what you're really saying is by you hitting that green buzzer and all that, you're just gutsy. Like you're fun. You're just lowering the expectations. So when you win, it even seems greater because <laughs> I don't think he really believes that. You know, <laughs> look at his eyes. I mean, this guy, I wish we had camera. Right you now. know, what's not fun for the Raiders just two years ago, they were 12 and four. And we saw Crabtree and Cooper both getting a thousand yards and lighting it up. Well, Crabtree has moved on. Cooper, one catch for nine yards. And Jordy Nelson, their number two wide receiver, just acquired three catches, 23 yards. They're going to try to bring Bryant back, the uh, the guy that they cut. Does not look good in Raiderland for wide plays. receivers. Strange they were calling for uh, Jordy Nelson, too, with the slip screens on a guy who's not known for speed and stuff down near the goal. I mean, just, yeah, I mean, a little bit of odd play calling, too, last in that first game for Oakland. Next game. And this is the last game before the best bets. Giants, Cowboys. Now, listen, I was feeling pretty smart. You guys both wanted to play the Giants in the Super Contest. I'm letting you have the first picks, but I'm kind of making the final decisions for pick four and five. But based on feedback, I text Fez, Giants, Maddie, Giants. 
I'm like, no, who else? And then if we would have just won, but we had the lines. <laughs> they both lost. So. Um, boy, the Cowboys, though, they look bad, too. Cowboys favored by three. And, Fez, you like the total in this game. You know, in fact, can I make this my best bet? Uh, let me oh, think about no, it. We You've can't already, do that. if you want to give an extra one, fine. But remember, you gave the already prop. gave the prop. This is a bonus. I want to give a bonus. I want and this actually, one to count. I, actually, I'm not go. Well, the oh, no. prop counts too. You right, already right. gave it, of course. But I don't have another best bet, so you can do a fill in for. This is your best bet, but it's a bonus. All right, we're going to go under the forty two and a half. And the more I think about this one, RJ, the Dallas Cowboys are a dead nut under team. Let's look at what happened. They lose Witten. They lose Dez. I mean, they've got nothing for Dak to throw to. And what happens with that is that Dak struggles. Well, give it to Zeke and trust the O-line. Well, Frederick, their center, is out indeterminate amount of time. We saw what happened last year when they a key starter went out for this team. They couldn't move the ball. And now let's move over to the New York Giants. I really think that defense had bad stats last year. That's the squad that quit on McAdoo. And I expect them to play super hard. I still have Eli as a bottom five quarterback in the NFL. So I've got basically two under teams, more so the Cowboys, 42 and a half in a divisional matchup. Love the under. I love that idea. And we've talked about it. The Giants did give up. Typically, you give up on defense. And if you throw those stats out, they're just better than they seemed. I thought that was the case with Denver, too. We'll see. Best bet from Fez. What do you think of the total, Maddie? And decide. 42 and a half is a little bit. Um, uh, I mean, I don't see one on the screen. I see a 41 and a half. Um, but, you know, overall, oh, so it's gone it down. It 40, and yeah, it's already 42. There's a couple 41 and a half I'm looking at. So let's so call let's it. call it 42. Call sure. it 41 and a half. Uh, we'll call 42. We shop for a reasonable line. Sure. 42. Uh, so I do you want to press the red button, big boy? No. Okay. No. So let's not belabor a, a half. button. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's not belabor. Well, you asked me what I think of 42 okay. and a half. Yeah. Well, what do you think of 42? We start popping I, half okay. points on every game. So as you can tell, we do not we do not add it. Okay. Now, what do you think of 42? Uh, I think it's probably the right side. But I have <laughs> such a strong play here on the... Uh, on the New York Giants in this game, I just so you think, like them. Yeah, I do. I, I think the problem here at the Dallas Cowboys offense, and it happens to a lot of teams in the NFL. As soon as you become one dimensional, you get eaten up in the NFL, and they cannot throw the football down the field whatsoever. They don't have the receivers to get separation down the field. The, the Dak's not having the time to throw the football down the field. And to, to Fez's point, this Giants defense is underrated because they gave up last year. And I think in the NFL, the whole key is, and we saw with the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Can you get the ball to your stars to make big plays? Look, uh, you know their number one draft pick, Saquon Barkley, still had over 100 yards and a touchdown in a big play last week. Their number one receiver, they just paid all that money to Odell Beckham Jr., still had over 100. Could have had 200 yards last week if Eli could have just got him the dang ball. I mean, that's how open he was getting Odell Beckham. They both still had over 100. They had to throw a pick six to lose the game. I think this sets up really well for an underrated Giants team to overperform here. I think they're going to win this game outright as a three-point underdog. Hmm. I tell you, this Dallas situation, if you look at Dak, he was a limited quarterback coming in. That's why he went in the fourth round, right? And once you have a season of success, those D coordinators look and say, let's take this way and this way and see what he can do. Boy, it does seem coincidental. Limited ability physically. That's why he goes late. And obviously you could say, well, there were characters. Okay, but 
you don't go to the fourth round if you're a first round talent for the limited problems. And now year one's really good. Year two, not as good. Year three starting to seem. So I think that's a trend. If you have these limited quarterbacks, year two can be tough. Agree. And I think year one is looking more and more like the aberration and the defenses have adjusted to his play. Exactly. Okay. Next game. And where are the playmakers there? I mean, uh, and that receiving core, there is just not many playmakers on that receiving core maybe, anymore. Maybe they can ask Des to come back. Yeah, maybe. So we have a, just to recap that game, bonus best bat from Fazic under uh, 42, right, man? 42. 42. And a like, a like on the Giants. Boy, I was optimistic on the Cowboys, but I'm starting to be, uh, on the season, I'm starting to be swung, though, away from that. Okay, guys, next up, we've got Dave Esler. Dave Esler, this is his best bet. So that means it's that time. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Free pick this week, and this is also going to go against the early money. The Patriots over Jacksonville. Now, the early betters, they do love the Jaguars, or the money does. The ticker count is all New England early here, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, but the line's moving towards Jacksonville. You know, Do you think that New England doesn't know Jacksonville considers itself a Super Bowl contender and that Jacksonville has revenge? Of course they do. You know, do you think New England doesn't know they might see Jacksonville in the playoffs again? Of course they do. Do you think New England wants Jacksonville to have any kind of hope? No. You know, this is all motivation for New England. You know, Jacksonville's motivation is this game. New England's is this season. You know, I think the Jaguars being without Marquise Lee is a big deal. Westbrook and Cole are not going to shred New England's secondary. Not with Bortles. I talked last week about Bortles and his 16 passer rating in the fourth quarter. What did he do against the Giants in the fourth quarter? Four for nine, 30 yards. Patriots let Bortles throw for 273 yards. It's not going to happen again. Fournette didn't practice Wednesday. Patriots offense was shut down. Do you think that happens twice after the after the championship game? You know, I might be concerned with the Florida Heat, but it's a later start. In the AFC championship game, the Patriots were without Hightower. He's back. They added Adrian Claiborne. So although the Patriots offense may be different, so is the defense. So New England, I think, gets it done again. New England, and, and remember, guys, is day follows. He grew up in Boston, spent a lot of time in the area, or grew up in the area. He follows Pats very closely. I would take his Pats bets quite seriously. Right now, favored by one. Maddie, you like the Pats also. I do. And a lot of it comes down to me is that Leonard Fournette has become such an integral part of this Jacksonville Jaguars offense. When he's running the ball well, Blake Bortles is able to play off the play action to him because they don't have a great receiving core down there in Jacksonville either. Marquise Lee, now uh, Ben Hurd doesn't play the game yet this season. And I don't know Fournette's situation. I heard he is likely to play at this point, but I'm still very nervous about that. At the very least, he's not 100%. So I actually like the Patriots in a short spread in this game. Faz, your thought? I lean to the Patriots. 
Jacksonville without any wide receivers with their stud running back banged up and a bad quarterback. It's going to be extremely difficult for them to win this game. The reason I don't like the Patriots, I got to look back to the playoffs when Jacksonville basically almost had this team beat and let it slip away. That has to be some advantage for Jacksonville in this game. I kind of wonder though, Nolan Belichick, he probably hates the fact they almost lost. I'm thinking he looked mighty closely at that game, knowing they were playing this year. The fact they played so recently, that seems to be a big coaching edge for Belichick. And we would expect he'd probably be able to make the better adjustments. That's a great point. Yeah. What do you think of that, Matty? And, and part of it, too, is I just think... With some, he won't sell for me. He didn't even say that was good. Go ahead. Well, Chase it is good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I just, I, for me, I just keep going back to the the whole letter four net factor in this game. <laughs> Let me repeat my first point in response to yours. <laughs> All right, one game left. Now we usually do the commercials before this. We only one commercial break here. I'm going to make it quick, but this game is so big. I just almost wanted to tempt people to say no. I don't want to deal with the commercials. It is a triple like, and the total is a best bet for Maddie. I mean, no way are you going anywhere. Be right back. Maddie's outside smoking a cigarette. Pressure's on. Bet DSI, they've got a great contest going on. It's kind of a beat RJ type contest. So I make five picks a week up there. And players must make five picks each week to be eligible. And if you beat my record in any week, you get a $25 free play at BetDSI. And if over the entire season you have the most winning picks, you have a shot at the grand prize of $1,000. And the winner is going to get to do a pre-recorded interview and be part of the Dream Podcast the next edition. So, hey, a lot of money, obviously. Chance to be on the Dream preview. And you can go to betdsi.com and see my week two picks and more details on the contest. By the way, you got a special offer, not only the contest, but at BetDSI, to help you get started, a little extra bang for your buck. And again, they've been with podcast one for a long time not just our show they're a podcast one advertiser and bet dsi spending a lot of money because they have long-term vision uh long-term ambitions might be the best way to say it and they're offering right now double your money on your first deposit deposit and start winning right away up to 2500 so obviously big betters that's going to be great oh it's like I won twenty five hundred. If you're betting less, great, fine. But that first, you double your money right away. Now, back in the day, there were books doing crazy promotions or whatever. Didn't have any good intentions. No one really knew who to trust. These days, if a book's spending big, big money on advertising, you can make a good, I think, a good bet. No pun intended. That they have long term ambitions, and that's a good thing. So, what you go is. You go to BetDSI.com and use promo code BELL101, B-E-L-L-101. And that's not a URL. That's the promo code. Throw it in there. 
and you get double your money. It's like winning your first bet, bet DSI, Bell 101, and the contest. So a lot of free ways to win. Oh, by the way, guys, tomorrow, Thursday, we're going to be taping, and this is when the pod comes out. We're taping Wednesday now. comes out Thursday. On Thursday, we're going to be taping for Friday release a special podcast, Triple G Canelo 2. And we're going to have Fred Fowler on. We talked about it. Steve Cofield. And I'm just going to sit back and soak up the boxing knowledge. And I think this is the fight of the year. I mean, is it even a debate on the boxing side? No. And I can tell you the energy in Vegas has been really, really, really strong. And extra pod won't be super long, but an extra pod on that this week. And it's another reason why you should subscribe because we're going to be dropping interview pods. We got the dream previews Wednesday, Thursday releases college pro, but we're going to be dropping interviews and different things. And if you subscribe, you always get things immediately and first. Okay. New advertiser. And remember, we talk about this all the time. Your support has allowed, and you might see, and I like to get feedback. We spent about, I mean, this sounds like a, Exaggeration? It's not. We spent about $10,000 just on audio equipment, and we just got everything set up today. And there might be some tweaks left, because we tweaked a lot from yesterday in the college. And I think we're going to get to a place where the quality, which was good last year, is even better. And why do we do that? Because you guys are supporting the show. How can you do that? Hey, if you're interested in one of these products, go for it. If you're not, that's why we don't want you to do anything you don't want to do. It's free to email a friend a link to the pod, tweet it out, put it on Facebook. When I see that, and I really try to follow the people promoting us, I oftentimes will give a thanks, but I always am like so grateful. So if you like the show, please spread the word and think about it. You like the show because you think it's valuable and fun. So if you're spreading the word, you're doing people a favor. You're doing us a favor and the people that follow you or your friends a favor. And because of your support, we've got Simply Safe. Now, here's why I'm a big fan of Simply Safe home security. Simply Safe is ready for anything that gets thrown at it. If a storm takes out your power, Simply Safe is ready. An intruder cuts your phone lines. That sounds like the beginning of a movie. Simply Safe is even ready for that. Say they destroy your keypad or siren. Simply Safe will still get you the help you need. Sure, some might say it's overkill. Maybe you don't need to be ready for every worst case scenario, but that's what makes Simply Safe's home security so great. It's always ready. Simply Safe could cost an arm and a leg, but it doesn't. Instead, they only charge you what's fair 24 7. Professional security monitoring is just $14.99 a month. There are no contracts, no hidden fees. I recommend Simply Safe to everyone asking about home security. I tell you, it's about peace of mind too. I mean, even even if you're just five percent more comfortable going to bed at night, how much is that worth? More than fourteen ninety nine. Check it out. Go to simplysafe.com/dream. So this is the URL: simplysafe.com/dream today to protect your home. And family, simplysafe.com 
slash dream. Okay, here's that monster. Let's start with the triple like. We're going to let Maddie start. Last game, Dolphins-Jets. Jets favored by three. Little less juice than usual here. Who do you like, Maddie? I like the under in this game. That's my best bet. The oh, but you also, game. let's do the side first. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, you also like Miami. I do. I, th- I think that, look, when you look at this Jets offense, obviously they accomplished a lot. That's probably a little bit unsustainable moving forward. Uh, and I think this Detroit team, obviously they started to quit in this game too. You could see it. They seem to have quit on Matt Patricia. And, and you can't expect that you're going to get four interceptions every week as, as well. So I think that this is a really good spot for Miami. People are a little down on Miami. A lot of people didn't watch the game because the game wasn't televised. It went so long and the weather was so bad. Actually, a lot of that game wasn't even televised. People forget all about the Dolphins. This is a healthy Dolphins team this year. They actually have a little bit better weapons. I like Kenyon Barner uh, in in the backfield. So I actually took the three points here. I think it's a pretty favorable situation. Faz, you like it too? I do. I don't understand this line. Someone has to explain to me how the Jets suddenly got better than Miami. Remember, the Jets don't have a big home field. What was the win total coming in the season? The Jets were right at just just at eight. At six. At six. Six wins. Slight. Six versus what for Miami? Miami was six and a half. But the VIG on Miami was to the over. The VIG on the Jets was to the under. So it really was more than half a game, but at least half a game. And Miami under outperformed expectations this past game as did the Jets. I think it's an overreaction to the final score that made the Jets look like a Super Bowl contender. Sam Darnold, obviously. Now, listen, I was joking with Colin on our weekly pod. That's on my Twitter, at RJ in Vegas, also Collins, about his love of Sam Darnold. Oh, he was crowing. He was crowing on Tuesday. What's your take on Darnold right now? I was impressed. He's certainly looking like a very capable middle-of-the-road NFL quarterback, and I like the fact that he went deep in this game, something he did not do in the preseason. But let's see how he does when he faces some real adversity as opposed to one bad pass to start a game. I also like this triple like on the Dolphins, and this is simple for me. I'm probably a little higher on the Dolphins than most, and I also think this game was pick I, I know this game was pick em on Monday morning, or at least the opener on Sunday night, right? I actually had the line being one and a half on the look ahead line towards the Jets. Okay, well, the opener up at the and again, the look ahead line is not the opener, right? Right. So the opener was pick them. Look ahead's the week before. It's up to three, but even if it's one and a half, getting to three is for after the Dolphins won two, and now you're on a short week. I mean, this is uh, to me just overreaction. Love for this is a pure contrarian fade. Public's going one way. I'm going to go the other. Triple like. And my Furious Five is coming up late tonight, and this is going to be one of those plays. The money by the pros is going to come in on the underdog, plus three, in my opinion. And the Furious Five, it doesn't make any sense it's named that, but that's his line move predictions. I guess it could be Furious because the the mob mentality is kind of rushing to bet aside, and it's Furious. We might have to tweak that name. Okay, last thing. 
Maddie, you've actually got your bonus best bet on this total. Yeah, I really like this total under. If we start looking at, you know, the play by play here and, and just watching that Jets game on how they scored, look, I'd be willing to throw a bet out there right now. Isaiah Crowell does not have another touchdown run this season over 50 yards. He's just not that type of back. He's not a speed burner. In fact, I like to track the fantasy numbers coming into the year and the, the New York Jets backfield of Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell was one of the least drafted backfields in the entire NFL. Many times, both of these guys in many drafts went undrafted, and yet they both massively exceeded expectations. That huge long run from Coel, again, who's not even a speed burner in this case. I think in this case, you have two good run defenses that are going to stuff each other on both sides of the ball. Offenses that are predicated on being able to run the ball in order to throw the football. Look, Sam Darno had the third or fourth highest yards per attempt in week one. That's not going to continue either for a rookie quarterback. This one has under 44 written all over it. People see that 48 points the Jets put up on Monday Night Football and all of a sudden this game's a shootout when historically this is a low scoring grinding affair. I think the 44 gives us plenty of cushion to go under. Maddie, Maddie, Maddie knows his stuff, no doubt. You ever watch those late night commercials and they say you get these steak knives, then you get this and this and they keep <laughs> adding stuff? Dream pre- preview, awesome last year. Now we got the buzzer. Two big bets between you guys. We've got the $1,000 bet. We've got the best bets leading the show and ending the show. Let's just say this. Woo-wee. Talk to you next week. Oh, actually, talk to you tomorrow. Boxing pod. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.